Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast. Hello, Isaiah. Well, howdy. Hey, it's a happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. This I feels kind of different right now. It does. It feels like there's something missing. What is it? Is, Maybe, it, is it Nikki? Nikki. Nikki isn't here. Yeah. Why isn't Nikki here? Well, before anybody gets freaked out, it's because we're having to re-record the podcast intro and Nikki's already gone home. So Nikki is in the show. She's she is not, in the show. She, and we did an intro with Nikki. But the problem was the intro didn't include you. Nikki, let's just throw her under the bus. It's her fault that we're redoing she this. She cut me out. And the the greatness that was our initial podcast intro. It was good. That's that is uh it's lost to the sands of time because Nikki forgot to turn on your mic and we weren't wearing our headphones, so we didn't yep. realize and we didn't uh like go back over. We no. didn't we didn't fact check it or uh what do you call it? Get a listen back. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. There's a word for it, but check it. Quality control. We did not go back over <laughs> the podcast intro. So, all that said, it had me and Nikki talking, and you could hear us, and it had you talking, but we couldn't hear you. And somebody and that was sounds so kind of weird. Somebody <laughs> was so kind to point that out. Oh, nice. Fortunately for the entire podcast, after we're done talking, that shouldn't be an issue. No, absolutely not. So today in the show, mm-hmm. it was a tough Monday. For me specifically. It's not like a 50-50 Monday. Uh-huh. And Nikki just seemed like she was just a normal Monday yeah. for Nikki. You know, she likes to talk that she watches the football games, especially Ohio State. But uh, I don't think she's really invested. Where I came much. in today, after the Buckeyes lost, the Browns lost, I yeah. came in uh, kind of crawling today. Yeah, pretty studio. somber. But we yeah. talked about that a lot. We talked about the NFL games. We talked about Ohio State. Yep. And uh, gave you the recap from the sports weekend, as sad as it was for me. Yeah. Hudson had a pretty good time with the uh, Saturday loss for the Bucs. Yeah, that was, you know, sometimes it feels that I I, I guess I just don't want to, I don't want to ever wish ill will on somebody. So I don't want to dump on Ohio State. But what I do want is I want everybody to do their best. I want everybody who's working so hard to get rewarded. And I especially want that for the teams that are playing Ohio State. Every week. So, yes, every, week. every single week. <laughs> uh, we talked about that. We also talked about how Taco Bell wants you to just go the extra mile for a very little, <laughs> little thing. Yeah, so uh, Ohio State. Taco Bell, they they just expect a lot from their customers, I think. I mean, oh, look, a ton. We all want to help the environment, but we're all only willing to do so much to do that, especially if you're a Taco Bell consumer. I think your level of of wherewithal of how much yeah. you want to actually go uh, stick to itiveness might not be that much. Uh, that might not apply very much to Taco Bell customers. We talked about that, and then we wrapped it up by talking about if you think your girlfriend is crazy, mm. you need to hold on in the podcast because there is a woman. 
<laughs> who has the I think one of the craziest things I've ever heard in a relationship uh-huh. a relationship contract that is 17 pages long and the details are just incredible. Yeah, that that was a good one right there. I think uh we got some good responses from people who had some had some things to say <laughs> about about how they might feel if their girlfriend came out with a 17-page contract. Yeah, it'd be a lot. It would be. It would be a lot. So well, fortunately, we don't have to worry about that. No, no. We're, we're both we're both safe. We're, we're lo- safe for we're now. We're locked in. No contracts necessary. Yet. We can only hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, enjoy the podcast, everyone. And uh, I guess we will we'll catch you next time with Nikki. Hopefully. We'll see you then. Help. The Riot Podcast. Radio View. Nikki, you're probably more, you're, you're not as much an NFL fan. So did you watch any NFL yesterday? No, I did not. I no. saw some of the results and just kind of kept online with it, mm-hmm. but didn't end up watching any. So not only did you miss all of the games, you also missed the pregame tribute to, uh, they were basically, it was for 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were trying to take a hopeful tone with it and look forward like it was the day after 9-11. It was the 20-year anniversary of the day after 9-11. So th- that was, instead of having different national anthems at each of the stadiums, they played this video, it seems, yeah. that they also played out over all the uh, the TV networks that had games on, which was which was great. It was actually yeah. very touching. and maybe it was a nice some, tribute. Some of us had a tear in our eye. I don't know. I might have been one of them. Maybe I wasn't. But there's nothing like going from a tear in your eye, God bless America, to we have the meats. Oh, no. And that's exactly what happened. The commercial after? It was the most American thing you could oh, imagine. no. It goes straight from, it, it was this uh, this woman, her dad. I'm watching it now. He was killed in the attacks. Yeah. And so she's singing the anthem. And uh, it's like her at the 9-11 memorial in, in New York City. And... So she ends the national anthem, the home of the brave, and it goes. And then there's Arby's. Right into Arby's. There was no transition whatsoever. There was, you you know, Nikki, we're we're not uh, paid the way that the professionals are at CBS and and Fox and the NFL. All those production companies. Have a like a transition liner or something like anything out of it to kind of wrap up that program and Mm -hmm. then lead into the Arby's uh, sub sandwich. I I mean, it really would have been cool if you could have had orchestrated that and gone straight into and here's a live shot of whatever game your stadium is. And the crowd's probably going crazy and everybody's got a tear in their eye, whatever. But nope. no, I mean, that might have been tough to pull off because you're doing one video for all the different places. Sure. But you could have had something that think? maybe was, you know, just some kind of buffer sure. between the home of the brave and, and we have the meats. Yeah. You think someone in the control room was like, guys, I didn't see that one coming. But <laughs> I'm noticing it now, too, that that maybe was not the best um, into the commercial break. Yeah. Maybe, maybe all. All of the people oh, or maybe bad. whoever was in charge of it, they were so emotionally <laughs> taken aback that uh, they forgot to press the pr- play on the right element. Yeah. So it just went straight into Arby's. No, I, I mean, know, I've seen, I remember this happening before for another game, too, for some reason, where just sometimes the commercials that come right out of it yeah. do not match the tone of what yeah. was playing. And there's honestly really nothing you could do unless you had a little buffer thing around yeah, it. Yeah, but that... You'd think all the money that gets poured in, and they obviously really took this, uh, the tribute thing seriously. Mm. All the money poured into that, and nobody was like, hey guys, 
You think we should go straight into the Arby's ad? <laughs> Nobody raised a, a hand and just said, hey, maybe we can have something in there. Is there something there. else we can do? Anything. <laughs> so that was that well, was a, a mood killer for sure. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't mean to, but that is sometimes where you just, they don't know. They just don't think of that ahead of time. That means yesterday, like I had a tear in my eye. There was other people, I'm sure, that were openly weeping about through an Arby's commercial. <laughs> You're like, I promise you, it was what was before. It's yeah, not Arby's. It's not the meats, although they are beautiful. You know, we can you can still be moved by both. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Worst of the Riot podcast. We've got Isaiah in the studio uh, to talk actual football now on the field. Although, Isaiah, I am curious, did you see the 9-11 Arby's situation? See, I didn't see that, but I heard you guys talking about it, uh-huh. and it sounds pretty horrible. So it feels like you've <laughs> seen bad. it. Yeah. It's I mean, bad. I can just imagine that pretty clearly in my mind, just one to the next, and yeah. it wouldn't even be that surprising. That's, that's, that's the sad part, isn't it? Someone's recording of it, and it, but it's even worse if you were probably in the moment. Yeah. You know, watching it Because there was on. all the emotion with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was tough. And uh, it was also tough to watch NFL stuff for Isaiah and I, we both had our own teams have their issues yesterday. Uh, for me, the Packers lost 38-3, to which is... Uh, that seems really bad. Yeah. That is really bad. Uh-oh. It is was... someone not caring? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Does someone not want to play? Now, some might accuse, and of course, you know, the blame is going to go because it always seems to on the quarterback. So everybody's going to be like, it's Aaron Rodgers' fault because he couldn't score. Where, I mean, it's hard to score when you don't have the ball. So that was the problem with the Packers. They were down... Uh... 17 to th- uh, three at halftime, and they got that three right as it went to the half. They they allowed 17 points, but they didn't really have the ball the whole time. Their defense was just allowing uh, New Orleans, who they were playing against, to just run all over them. So that was a tough one. I'm sure that it would have been nice for them to score a little bit, but not a good start to the season. The good news is they're still tied for first in the <laughs> NFC North. There you go. There <laughs> so you go. We're not starting from behind or anything. And for Isaiah, for the uh, Browns, they had a, a tough last. Was it like last minute or fourth yeah. quarter? Or it was hard I because I saw they were leading the whole yeah, time. Yeah, we were leading pretty much the entire game against the Chiefs, who are one of the best teams in the entire football league. At halftime, it was twenty-two to ten, and we were winning. Uh-huh. And the first half. We literally were dominating the Chiefs. Yeah, I kept and getting the little updates on my phone where it's like the Browns are scoring. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, Am I, is, is Mahomes hurt? Like, what's Don't happening? Don't worry, it'll change. Yeah, <laughs> and then in the second half, it did. We ended up getting outscored twenty-three to seven. Oh no! In the yeah. second half, but we still had the lead with five minutes to go. And then within the last five minutes of the game, we fumbled twice and threw an interception. Ouch. Hey. So, yeah, not good. That will do it. The final drive of the game, we were down by like three or four points. Uh, we had the ball at their 50-yard line. And Baker Mayfield, our quarterback, gets hit as he's throwing and throws an interception when he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds. But mm. it's only week one. And we were playing a very good like team. So. Both of you guys. But it's only the beginning. Yeah. But it's only the it's beginning. Fine. There's plenty so. more suffering it's to fine. come. Yes. Both of your teams lost. It's yeah. okay. Yes. At you least know, you had food and you had friends. Yeah. And it was exactly. fine. And uh, <laughs> who would have who thought as, uh, as much pain as Isaiah and I had to deal with with our teams losing that the Bengals yesterday. Oh, they my were gosh. The, <laughs> Who would have thought they would be celebrating on day one of the football season? So kudos to the Bengals. Um, I'm trying to think if there I were other in interests. I knew about the Bengals because in my neighborhood, uh, some guy sent out a message to everybody uh-huh. of like, hey, if there's any Bengals fans, do you want to come over and watch the game? Oh, good for him. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's trying to meet other Bengals yes. fans. 
Wow. He wants a group for Sunday. A he neighborhood does. Bengals group. That was really fun to see. Meanwhile, he thought they were all gonna, you know, just sit around and complain again and whatever. <laughs> and and they, they, won. Out, they actually had something to cheer about. They so. won. Good for them, uh, and good for anybody whose team actually was fortunate enough to win yesterday. We don't know what that feels like, but no. I'm sure eventually we will. Yeah, you're yeah. still you're still doing all right. Both teams are still in the game. Yes. Yeah. It's funny still, it's a plenty of time. Yeah, plenty yeah. Of time, no, no, it's know? it's just the start of the season. We'll turn right. it around. Yeah. Green Bay has the, the Lions next week, so we'll be fine. <laughs> there you go. If you don't win that that's one. When we, we, that's when we pack it that's in. That's, when, yeah. that's when we give up. Oh, if you don't wait. win next week, Hudson may not be here on Monday, and oh, I don't blame him at all. I can't wait to go through football season with you guys. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. You're gonna have some, we're going to have some rough Mondays. <laughs> yeah. This is The Riot. Radio U. Uh, you ever feel, Nikki, like you just have too much free time? Uh, not all the time, but uh-huh. she will say every so often maybe you feel that way. Well, that's good news. Mm-hmm. That's good news that you don't feel that way because if you did, it would it might mean that your sense of well-being is going down, down, down. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you think you have a good sense of well-being? I think so. Yeah. So that means I must have not enough free time. It means you must have the right amount mm-hmm. between two and five hours. And I, I can't. Look at me reading this story. They say about two to five hours uh, is where people actually feel happy. I don't know if that's per day or per week. So two to five hours of what? Of, of like of busy your, stuff? Of your own time. Where okay. they, they defined it basically as leisure activity, which is either on your own mm. and non-productive. Something. Two to five hours a day? I don't. It can't be a day, right? A day? It's a week, I think. Oh, but maybe. that feels really low for a week. It does feel too low for a week, but way too much for a day. Yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> you're right. Unless like, you're listening, I mean, like, I have five hours. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> but then you're at the, right at the height. This So this is a study done by the, uh, or at least a writing that was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, mm. where uh, this uh, this researcher he analyzed two different studies that uh, involved about 3,500 participants. Yeah. And what they found was it was kind of uh, surveys about how people use their time and stuff. And what they found was that people spending their leisure time, if they have over two hours of free time, that's good. Mm-hmm. That means, like, if you have less than that, you're going to have a lower sense of well being. But if people got all the way up to five hours, that was where it started to drop off, where if you have more free time than five hours, that is a negative and your well-being is going to go down. It's pretty much the same as like all the sleep studies where they're like, guys, you can get too little sleep, but then you can also get too much sleep. Mm -hmm. So you need to find the sweet spot. And they say that this sweet spot, you don't want too much of a good thing. Mm -hmm. So if you have too much free time, that actually ends up hurting you and your sense of productivity and mostly your sense of purpose Mm -hmm. if you have too much free time each day. Okay, I'm reading, if I'm reading this right, it's Mm -hmm. over a 24-hour period. So if you have more... hours, that's a lot. I totally understand (laughs) if you have more than five hours of free time for 24... I mean, that must be tough. It It must must be be tough. It really does. So I understand why your well-being being your sense of well-being may go down sure uh but that's that's what they say so five out over five hours of free time that's when the reason they say that is because 
you're uh, basically it gives you kind of less of a sense of purpose yeah. uh, and productivity where it just feels like, yeah, you might be having fun sailing That's because yeah. they say leisure. Anytime I hear leisure, I always sailing? think sailing. No I've never sailing. gone sailing. <laughs> I've never gone sailing, but sailing and leisure, that's hand in hand. That's what he right thinks there. you're doing. Well, they call and it so, like <laughs> the Goldilocks thing where uh-huh. it's, you know, just just right. You got to yeah. find the just right amount of time for you to have your your own personal time. So it'd be good if I can get to two hours. Yeah. <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live. Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously. This is the worst of the riot podcast. And then Tim texted you, Hudson, said every time I see a hot dog, I now think how if I eat it, I'm going to die sooner because of you guys. <laughs> so thank you, Hudson, and your hot dog addiction for causing me to not eat hot dogs anymore. What, what? Tim? You've, you've destroyed Tim, and Listen, I hope you're happy. If you don't. If you stop eating hot dogs, you're letting the bad guys win. Well, the hot dogs are the bad guys. No, the hot dog. Think you may <laughs> die sooner because of the hot dogs. You may. You may. <laughs> but at least you'll die happier. You could die from anything sooner. Yeah, so that's don't, right. Don't let this stop you from enjoying hot dogs. Yeah. What do you? What is? What's next? You're gonna stop wearing your? Uh, stop getting in your car. <laughs> Every time I get in my car, I think about all the people who die in car accidents. Oh, what if you're... It's ruined getting in my car for me. Hudson, you don't eat hot dogs while you're driving, do you? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, good. I did have to stop to think about it. <laughs> I, make sure you're not, I guess like, it's a rare moment. Do you have a car hot dog? Because <laughs> sometimes like Eric will go get dinner or something somewhere. Yeah. And then sometimes people will get like the road burger. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a little little cheeseburger or something. Yeah, and that's just because you're eat. the one that's out. Yeah. So you're like out you to get doing that the errands. And you eat it before you get home. So I didn't yeah. know if there was like a road hot dog. Well, you know what? The truth is, it's just harder to find hot dogs that are convenient like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, uh, unless there's a Sonic nearby. I'm kind of not a lot of options for the oh, hot dog. Oh, gas station hot dogs. I didn't know oh, if that's... Oh, no, I don't stoop that low. Oh, that's Again, your line? I go all beef only, and those <laughs> gas station hot dogs, who knows? I, 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 You know, I like to know what's going into my body. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Even if it's a hot dog. If it's a hot dog. You're right. He does have that qualifier that has to be an all beef hot dog. Yep. And for the roller dogs, I mean, you think the disease is rolling out. Yeah. But you don't know. You, you're taking... That okay, if a standard hot dog actually wait, maybe we've been thinking about this all wrong. Maybe they're lumping all hot dogs in together when in that one study that says every what is it, thirty six minutes? I think you lose like every thirty every time you eat a hot dog, you lose like thirty six minutes, minutes of your life. Yes. And so uh they weren't counting your no, gourmet dogs. The, I'm thinking that the gas station hot dogs are skewing that number way higher <laughs> than it would be if they were only including the Hebrew National or Oscar Meyer all beef hot the dogs. Nice ones? Yeah. The good ones. Well, let's see. Stacy just texted and said, Hudson, do you think you've missed your calling as far as being the, like, maybe the driver for the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile? Uh, maybe you should be doing that instead of radio? I've thought about it, but the thing is, I'm horrible at driving, <laughs> so it would not be a very good advertisement. So you're saying hot dogs would take time off your life? <laughs> you yes. accident and and driving. We and just you drive and you're driving. Added it all together. <laughs> It's not, yeah, they don't, you know, I guess maybe if I was the driver of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, it might be advertising because I'd be on the news because it'd be like, Wienermobile stops traffic downtown or whatever. It would Accident just, again. Yeah. No. Welcome to The Riot, where you listen to us and uh, that's it. It's pretty much a one-way street. The Riot. Radio U. So here's the question. What do you do when you go to Taco Bell 
you get your sauce packets, your Diablo, your mild, your hot, mm-hmm. whatever your preference may be. What do you do with them after you use them? Uh, you thank them for their service uh-huh. and you throw it away. <laughs> no, that's wrong. That oh, is, is that what you're supposed to do? You're not supposed to throw them away. Well, are you supposed to keep them for memories or recycle them? Or what are you supposed you to do? You are supposed to recycle them. I don't Talk- think you can, can you? Well, Taco Bell says that about 8.2 billion used packets a year wind up in landfills. Yeah. Because, uh, or in addition to, maybe not because... You, they're not recyclable in your recycling bin. You can't just add oh, so them in with your cans and bottles. I see. It's not. Yeah, but you can recycle it a different way. But you can recycle it. They are pioneering a way for you to be able to help out by recycling your sauce packets with a company called TerraCycle. So actually, if you go into Taco Bell, I saw this the other day. If you go into Taco Bell, mm-hmm. they have a little QR code that tells you what to do. I didn't scan it, <laughs> but I see the news story now. And what that QR code would tell you is sign up for something called TerraCycle. You have to sign up for an account. Yeah. Then after you've gone to Taco Bell enough where you've saved your sauce packets, the used sauce packets, you save them in a box and then once you have enough, TerraCycle will allow you to print a free shipping label. Oh, and you mail them in? And you mail them in. And well, then they get recycled by TerraCycle. Listen, it is a good idea. That's that's expecting us to put them in the box, it, but, keep the box. Are you supposed to wash them out or like if you don't use them? Cause the some, yeah, like sometimes I still have packets that you don't use. Yeah. And I would just throw away if I'm not keeping them all. Well, you got to save. The unused packets you got to save. Yeah, but if I because you might need it one day. If I have enough, uh-huh. let's just say you can we never have, have enough, enough sauce. We can. No, we they, can. you can't. They don't expire. They used to just throw a ton in your bag. Yeah, it, it almost like making a statement, like here, fine, you asked for some. <laughs> uh, so I didn't know if like you want to recycle those. Do you have to take the sauce out of them? Uh, I would. Th- you know, that's a good question. They're the, they're little squeezable packets. There's no way you can actually effectively get them clean, right? So I don't think so. Can you I just send it in then? That's just, I think that's just going to be part of what t- whatever TerraCycle does with them. They're so going to take care of that. Basically, the big issue has been so many people have moved into curbside pickup, yeah. delivery, and drive-thru. Mm-hmm. So 75% of Taco Bell transactions, they are through the drive-thru. Exactly. So they assume you want some sort of sauce with it. Mm-hmm. So they'll just put an assortment or a few of the main one. Uh-huh. And not everybody ends up using those. So there's just so much packet waste. Uh, than there was when they would ask you personally, like, hey, do you want any? And you'd say no, so they wouldn't waste them. Oh, they still always ask me. Yeah, well, they... And I always say no, I don't need the sauce. Well, you don't need to So I'm doing my part to help the environment. (laughs) Uh, But what the funny thing is, is uh, because you're thinking, well, why don't they just have like little drop boxes for the sauce packets in the store? I that'd be great. You would think... Uh, despite that there's 75% of their, uh, again, their transactions are through the drive-thru, still, if they're wanting you to recycle, why don't they just have a little drop box for you instead of you having to go through the trouble of signing up for this thing sure. and taking it to the post office well, and hanging why. out with these packets for all this time? Listen, they're having hard enough people just to actually work there. Uh-huh. This is through <laughs> TerraCycle, which is the company that actually is doing the recycling, uh-huh. not Taco Bell. Yeah. So Taco Bell would have to get one of their employees to put it in the to box. To put it in the box. To, to, send to it go out. to the post office. So they don't want to deal with that. Yeah. It's just, it feels like a lot of work for everybody. And I know it's a small price to pay to keep the Diablo sauce 
Out, out of the, of the yeah, out of the landfill, but uh, maybe the landfill wants to. Yeah, the uh, they're sauce. also also keep in mind your clientele, Taco Bell. <laughs> Don't know that all of us are real uh, go getters out there doing do, running errands and stuff like that, heading to the post office. I, I haven't mailed anything in a while. No, yeah. <laughs> but if you pr- if you promise, I can just print out the label, uh-huh. then maybe I can do that. Yeah, so you'll print the label and then just it'll sit on your Pro- desk or you know. <laughs> Probably. Sit by the door. <laughs> One day I'll go to the post office. Yeah, well, you'll start to smell your salsa box uh-huh. when you don't send it in in enough time. That doesn't sound so bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the Worst of the Riot Podcast. And this is a food fight. You could say a food fight a failure if you think oh about my it. goodness <laughs> not not, a, a, not failure. a failure on our part it's not our fault that it's not we failed in uh leading up to this food fight it is the fault of kroger slash dollar general slash what's the other place circle, oh, circle k, k that all mm. lied to us well we're looking for thrashed apple which is a new mountain dew flavor that was supposed to come out starting today and we're probably going to still get it later today but we'll have to do a food fight with it some other day this week so in second place running up yes. for mountain dew we <laughs> <Back> are going <up. laughs> the backup flavor we're going to try the mountain dew 2021 voodoo flavor they always come out with a new one each year so this is the newest edition mm-hmm. mystery flavor and then we have the nashville hot cheetos that we'll be trying to so what should we try first uh i kind of think you so might want to do the mountain dew yeah i was thinking because it's first. a mystery so yeah. we don't want to uh, oh, <laughs> we drink wow. the mountain dew and it's like oh this tastes like nashville hot yeah. cheetos that wow. must be the mystery the second you open it if it sprays Woo! you're gonna smell that that I, is whoa. so weed smelling yeah my, oh my, my gosh. gosh i don't know if i'm ready for this kind of thing oh, right man. now so I looked in the past. Uh, 2019's Voodoo flavor was supposed to be the candy corn edition. Okay. And last I'm glad I year, that one. which I don't yeah, think I was about we to say, tried. What would that taste like? Satan's earwax. <laughs> <laughs> last year they tried uh, for the mystery flavor. It was just kind of fruit candy explosion. <laughs> So that was we, that one, and then this year they still say it's a mystery, but a lot of people have their, um, so, you know, guesses. Fruit candy explosion. Who guessed that one? Yeah, as if you taste this, this tastes just like a fruit candy explosion. Yeah, exactly. Well, at this point, they nailed it. Smelling this, you can kind of tell. Like, there's a few things that come to mind first, mm-hmm. but let's take a sip. All right. See. Mm. Wow. Oh, it's. So sweet. Mm. It's good. Wow, these you flavors like are, I do. I like that. I think one. it's pretty good too. It's it actually sweet. I think it's all right. I don't mean sweet as in like it's cool. I just mean it's like it's a very sweet tasting Yeah, green. it is. Ugh. You think it has like um mm. I've got my mind on candy again. Candy? Let me tell Maybe you some of the ideas. Because you spoiled it by telling me last year was fruit candy explosion. <laughs> yeah, now now you're just like, is it candy? Could it be so, like a sweet tart? I think when you taste it, you really taste a fruit punch, Hawaiian fruit punch. Mm-hmm. But some people also say it has hits of Smarty Parties mm-hmm. and I have no Smarty idea what Parties. Pixie sticks. Hmm. So wow. like a combination hmm. of all three of those, they feel like that's the flavor. I guess pixie sticks are very sweet. but mm-hmm. well, What do you think? What else could it be? I think it tastes almost like a Baja Blast in you my do? mind. That's, really? what I, that's what just keeps on popping into my head over and over again. I think it's got a... It, you know, it's so weird when you have a mystery flavor and you can totally... It, it matches up with something in your mind, yeah, you but you can't, can't place describe it. it. And this one, it has a... Again, maybe it's just because the well has been poisoned. The well of my mind has been poisoned by last year being fruit candy explosion. But it does taste like it could be a, 
like a smarty or a sweet tart type thing, something what, along those lines. That's what lines. they're saying, yeah. the pixie sticks? I think the pixie stick or like maybe like a fun dip is what I'm getting from mm, it. Fun dip. So mm. basically the one year was the candy fruit explosion. This is just the candy candy explosion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the sugar, sugar and sweet. The sugar explosion. So that's the Mountain Dew Voodoo mystery flavor for this year. It is super sweet. Yeah, and you know what? I think more Hawaiian punch, uh, but... Uh, we'll find out, I yeah. guess, when they unveil yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't mind it, actually. I think, uh, can we save those, put them in the fridge, share them around for yeah. later? Yeah. yeah, let's do that. I think uh, after a week, our bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to be hurting a little bit. Well, Why can't enough- there be the Mountain Dew Zero uh, voodoo <laughs> yeah. flavor? Yeah, you're right. That <laughs> We're going to crash in like an hour. Yeah. yeah. It'll be all right. So, okay, the last thing for us to try for this food fight is the Cheetos Crunchy Nashville Hot. This is a Dollar General and Circle K exclusive. And uh, Amazon. And Amazon. <laughs> and Amazon. And, and eBay, of course. If so you're by, willing to pay. If yeah. you're willing to pay. By smelling them, it's kind of weird. They don't really have a... A like smell, a like you really get a corn sort yeah. of smell from and it. just but like a spice, a spice. generic spice. Yep. All right, well, let's try them out. All right, here we go. I would get crunchy too. Mm. Well, mm. hey, these are great. Oh, these, these are, are so good. good. These are delicious. Wow. Well, that's that is oh, yeah. fourteen dollars well spent. spent. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, the last two Cheeto flavors have been super good. That is really good. Cheetos is nailing it. Mm. They really are. Oh, and they you get the spice after um, you yeah. kind of swallow. Sorry, guys. Then the spice comes in. Yeah. <laughs> you can have the Mountain Dew, but I'll take this. <laughs> that is super super oh. good. I like them. Those are good. I mean, it's an aggressive way to start the day. Mountain, Mountain Dew, Nashville hot. Cheetos, when the mm. sun is barely kissed the horizon. But man, this is good. I'm proud of us, guys. We had a good, I think, a good food fight this that morning. Was, it had mm. like a good like aftertaste of heat, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't like super aggressive hot. Yeah. It was like, a really mm. good flavor. Oh, Although, it stays there. It, it, it does. It builds a tiny around. bit, but that's it is actually a nice flavor. That's quite accurate to Nashville hot, too, where yeah. you do, you yeah. get some flavor up front, and then you get the heat at the back, and that's totally the uh, way. One more sip of the mystery flavor Mountain yeah. Dew, and then... To clear you out, well, hey, kudos uh, to the we'll call it a day to the Frito Lay Company for for making this <laughs> very happen. good. They didn't make it easy for us to acquire what we wanted, but what we did wind up getting is pretty darn good. Yeah, especially the Nashville Hot uh, Cheetos. Who was it? Uh, let's see. Oh, Annie texted in. So when you guys tried the Mexican Cheetos, I bought them for fourteen dollars off Amazon. <laughs> oh no! Now I feel like I'm going to have to do the same with the Nashville you're, Hot ones. I'm sorry, but they're really good. If you spent fourteen dollars like, on yes. those, you're going to spend like twenty eight on these. <laughs> The worst podcast with the best listeners. This is the worst of the riot podcast. How do you feel about this, Nikki? A relationship contract. Um, Not with me. Not with me. Just (laughs) to be clear. I think we have a show contract. Yeah. Uh, Well, should we? I don't know. Are you uh, talking like if someone, if they're, uh, if you're in a relationship with someone, you're dating somebody. Yeah, you have a contract with them. And this is this is a couple I have here that has a 17-page contract that uh, lays out all of the ground rules, all of the boundaries for their relationship. Mm -hmm. So I guess that uh, if at any point you break any of the rules that are in this contract, you're you're subject subject to termination. Wow. It's only two weeks into their first Tinder date Mm -hmm. that the girl in this relationship uh, presented (laughs) <laughs> the 17-page relationship contract. That's, that's a lot to handle. That's quick. And this the guy just went along with it. And the, yeah. I mean, they're a very cute couple. And they say they're happy because this goes back to where they met 
in October of last year. Mm. So they, at this point, they're still, uh, that's a, a whole year. Well, They've been going strong. Relationships are different. Uh-huh. And I think what's key is if you talk about things early enough, that yes. could be a problem later. So she wants uh, him to pay for date nights. Yeah. Uh, he, she wants flowers twice a month. Uh, she wanted her man to stay in shape, and so he has to work out five times a week. See, this is where I start to wonder that, like, you. <laughs> what you, about your side? Where you could be, like, let's say you're the guy, and mm-hmm. it, you're meeting. Let's you're meeting the requirements of the contract, but are you really? It's, <laughs> remember that old movie Office Space, where they're like, "Well, seventeen is the minimum pieces of flair." But we just <laughs> thought you'd like to maybe express yourself and wear more flair. So you want so more contracts? Two, Two is the minimum amount of times you're supposed to buy me flowers a month. But wow. I just thought you, would, if you really loved me, maybe you would want to express your love more by buying me more flowers. This is a lot, I think, to ask for. You get a romantic gesture once every two weeks. Well, uh, that, that's open to out. interpretation. There's no silent treatment allowed. He has to pay for the date nights, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a bad previous relationship where the person did not really follow what she wanted and so that led her to creating this Mm -hmm. and they say that she says she recommends all couples have a contract it's the best thing ever yeah i i mean when you think about it it's it's the being written down part that's kind of weird that's what you don't like i think that a lot for almost any relationship you want to be healthy like you have to have an understanding of each other and you do have to have some of these kind of ground rules where like in some relationships, some people be comfortable with this, but other people aren't. So you need to know mm. how your significant other person you're going out with is going to feel about it. But to have everything written down so that if you don't meet the minimum requirements, you're subject to review. That <laughs> feels like problem. it feels a little uh, I, I would kind of call it a little controlling. You think? I think so. I think I, that's safe to say. It's tough to judge other people's relationships, and they've been together, and in the pictures, they look very happy. Well, so. I'm sorry, but being together for a year, you still have a lot of time yeah. left. <laughs> you still have a lot of time. And Carl, what do you do? This is a great text message. She just listed 17 red flags <laughs> <laughs> to qualify her for run, bro. Yeah, for, for real, right? But if he's the right person, like if they fit, yeah. then that's one thing. If he's a thing. pushover, then... <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. I might have thought it, but I'm not saying. The riot promise is that they'll always have an opinion on everything they talk about. But that doesn't mean any of their opinions will make sense. This is The Riot on Radio U. We've heard about different kind of, uh, you know, people that like to expose themselves. Naked bike rides. The uh, Philadelphia one just happened a little bit ago. This is a little bit of a different category. Well, there's differences between like uh, sanctioned naked events uh-huh. and like naked communities. But mm-hmm. then there's always the other person who's like, hey, look who's running naked. And they're just something's wrong. Yeah, something <laughs> something is wrong. But this one, I feel I'm going to say I think it falls in between. It's a guy in Florida. His name is Mark Anthony Filial, and he has been arrested after he exposed himself to toll workers on the highway, was he making a statement about the tolls? Time, maybe, maybe uh, it I was. I think he's saying something. Maybe that's what it I was can't all carry along. Change if I'm not wearing anything, <laughs> how can I pay the tolls? <laughs> may, may, I, I, yes, that's that's as good an excuse as any. I think so. So this happened at different various tolls Aww. over a week span uh, in Florida, and so now he has uh, he has been. 
charged here with uh, indecent exposure. Dude, he doesn't fall in between. He's one of the what no. Do you mean? He's one of the gross no, ones. They, he's just showing. Yes, he's doing that. They say that he was completely naked. It's not like he like was undressing. You know what I mean? Exposing Flashing. yourself. Yeah, exposing yourself. Bring conjures up images, of which I hate to think about, but it conjures up <laughs> images of like, you know, undressing in some way or, you know, letting something slip through. But that's not <laughs> what he was doing. He was naked. So what's to separate him from the naked bike ride? He was in his car. It, it depends you on where you You can do anything at. you want in your car. No, I thought so. No, I I think he, I, I still think he falls in the one you think? category. But yeah, he was he was naked and seven times. Yeah. Fool me once. Well, maybe <laughs> it was. He always drives naked. Yeah, I don't think it's you can. It's just what makes him comfortable in the car. He was identified through a photo comparison and his identity matched. Gee, he thought he wouldn't get caught. That's the thing, right? Well, I think you... No, I, that's the thrill. See, that's why he's you, doing it. You wanted, That's why he's... No, that's why he's I doing it. I think he thought he could... Like, he wanted to expose himself... And he thought, who's going to catch? I'm just driving quickly through. Oh, they get your who's... license plate because if you don't pay, you'll get a he, thing. He wasn't thinking that clearly. Wow, well, that's that's the guy's problem. He's he's fully clothed for his mugshot. Yeah, I see that. They had, to, they had to give him something. Dude, it's just embarrassing when like, what's his family like? That's, yeah. Is that dad? Oh, if he has one. <laughs> yes, if I he has know. one. It uh, is sad. So I, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's more like he was doing that uh, on purpose. He probably was. But still, I mean, think about the other things you can do in your car. You're not. No, I don't want to. <laughs> think think <laughs> about what you can do in no. there. No. And uh, it's your own car. It's your private property. No, but if you're. If you're not causing people to have an accident. You are causing problems because you're going through the tolls and there's a person there. You, should, you know what his mistake was? What? Didn't go in the easy pass lane. He could have just that. driven through and he would have been fine. Oh. Put his clothes on by his destination. <laughs> like when he arrived. No one would have known. It wouldn't have been a big deal. Gosh. I just, he had to go through the cash lane. Yeah, that's why he yeah. wanted a reaction. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he Or he didn't want to pay for easy pass. <laughs> Two is better than one. Unless we're talking about the riot. The riot. Radio U. There's a lot of football over the weekend, and I don't want us to forget that Ohio State lost. I know it feels so long ago, mm-hmm. but I want the pain to remain real so you want for college Ohio State football fans. Too? <laughs> yes. I, I, you know, I had to deal with a lot of pain with the Packers, so I just feel that... Uh, I. You know what always makes me feel better? Laughing at other people. When pain. other people are also <laughs> yes. in yes. the pain that you're yeah. in. I have to suffer. Everyone has to suffer. Isaiah, I don't know if that is healthy for us. To yeah, be. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't even know if I like that at all. I know, but I guess it is what it is. So the Buckeye loss was a big one on Saturday. Yeah. What did, what, how was or your experience watching the game? If you're a fan of Oregon, the Oregon win. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's, what a, what nobody's a great talking day. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody around here is, uh, I haven't heard anybody take that tone with Yippee it. yippee ki yeah. today a little yeah. bit? No. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sad. Sad Saturday. It followed into a uh, sad Sunday for me as a Browns and Ohio State fan. But the only thing that I can say is at least we lost to a good team early oh, in the season. Does that, that make that you feel else. good? No. Make, it makes me feel better than if we had lost to a bad team late yeah. in the season. Yeah. It makes me worry about every game. Whereas yeah. I think other seasons, you were just like, we yeah. having a good time. And you <laughs> now thought, it's like a roller coaster. Actually, yeah. I don't know a, if I want to watch to find out if we lose or if it's another bad game. Yeah, That's actually a great point. The, the, there's a couple of factors that 
make this a unique season for Ohio State where one is they've got the freshman quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who like it seems like he was a big part of the problem at the game on Saturday because he just kept overthrowing people. Mm -hmm. And that's and again, when you're a freshman, that's just it's hard when you don't have so much experience to overcome that. Yeah, you lose a big game. And then they haven't had a struggle like this since Ryan Day became coach when Urban was coach. It was like you ex- you ex- almost expected them to just lose a game sometime one, during the season. At least one. Yeah, especially one that you didn't. And you expected to sweat it out against teams that, you know, like Indiana or something that you would expect to beat every time. But with Ryan Day, they've kind of, they've just rolled through almost everybody. And they haven't had an early season loss where now it makes all the rest of the games matter all that much more. Because if you slip up again, you're really almost completely eliminated. Well, they, they kept saying, what, they had like 10 or 11 players still off the team, too, for mm-hmm. various reasons. Mm-hmm. And then the quarterback guy, Eric, kept yelling at him every time he would overthrow. Oh. <laughs> and you're just like, stop overthrowing it. But, yep. I mean, he seems like he's a good player, but he seems really nervous. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's just frustrating. And, but it's hard. So it's hard for Ohio State fans <laughs> to accept because they're not used to this. But maybe this just isn't the year. Maybe this is just a again, like Nikki has said, a rebuilding year. No, dude, I kept telling. I was like, turn it off. No, (laughs) it cannot be a rebuilding year. We have like two first round wide receivers. We have good players on the team. I think we just gotta figure it out. You have that every year. Yeah, and you're spoiled, and you need a year where you go seven and five. Seven and five to go to the. Alamo Bowl or something. Well, oh my Everybody gosh! Kept saying it like you need a year where you feel like how it was for most every other team. Yeah, so. you yeah. need a year where you feel like what Michigan feels every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, when that happens, you call me, but I'll probably be forty-five. You know, <laughs> uh, somehow it'll be late. It, yeah, I, Michigan fans probably want to point out that they have a better record than Ohio State. Right? Yeah, I know. Not that it'll help them when they <laughs> actually play. Listen, but, guys, uh, let's not turn on each other, all right? Yeah, exactly. We, we, all teams, good job. Keep trying, but I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah. No. Well, they have <laughs> a, bounce back, upset. a bounce back spot this week against Tulsa. Uh, don't say anything. What if? if? We, Why are you saying it like if that? If we, I mean, just say, if we lose uh-huh. in the next two weeks, we have Tulsa and then Akron. If we lose either of these next two games, I'm done with it. I am over. Yeah. I'm just done. I won't watch another game the rest of the year. Well, I, we I wouldn't worry to too do, much about that. We yeah. won't have to do college football talk, uh, at least about the Buckeyes in on Monday. Yeah. No. <laughs> we gotta. We get a little bit of a break from that, and hopefully we'll we'll bounce back in the NFL and in college. Was there any week. other bigger games, though? Anybody uh, that, any Iowa, other spoils? Or? Iowa once again beat Iowa State. That was the other, um, like, where two ranked teams played against yeah. each other, and mm-hmm. Iowa State... Every year, they have this coach named Matt Campbell, and every year it's like he's the new guy. He's some he was uh, talked about to be the new coach at Ohio State before they yep. hired Ryan. Day. It's like this is the next guy. He's really great, and every year he loses to Iowa. Oh, so I think, I'm tired. I think I'm done hearing about Matt Campbell in okay. Iowa State. Heard enough about that. <laughs> so good, good for Iowa though. They, they might be the team that takes out Ohio State. They're too. ranked five now, yep, so they've got a big good. jump. Looking good. So kudos to them. If you need a positive. Go Iowa. It's Iowa. (laughs) We'll take them. You've made it all the way to the end of the worst of the riot. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. Find out more and help out at RadioU.com slash donate. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes.
finally, man, those peace talks took forever. Who knew that koala bears could be so destructive? I mean, how do you even tear down a jumper? <clears throat> I wash my hands of this. <sighs> I mean, at least the chief was willing to not eat us after Chris. But it's done now. While we're in the system, we will try not to tear apart our people. Okay. We do not plunge headlong into folly on the orders of a single madman. Standby for defensive fire. Jedi. Like my father before me. D. Ding. Vex on the feet. Attention on deck. This channel is now under military control. This week we're taking a look at Magic the Gathering in Estrad Midnight Hunt, the new werewolf set coming out from Magic. Um, Cyberpunk is back in the news, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about local metas again. I'm your host, Isaiah, and this is Locked Loot. Interesting thing. Um, I want to cover the local metas first. You know, you can jump around all you want, and this is just going to be real quick. But it's one of those things where every playgroup is different. And <laughs> you learn that just playing games. And when you fall out of the meta, well, not when you fall out of playing the game for a little while and you jump back in, you find that the meta has shifted. And um, that's where I'm at with Legion. Like, we followed, like, oh, yeah, the armor meta. Um but I haven't actually played at the store for a little while, so uh, I can't wait to go back soon and see the uh, how the meta has shifted. Um, it's just something to look out for, something I wanted to bring up. Like I love um, the idea that every meta is different. We talked about this at le um, last week when we talked about uh, when we made a uh, joke about getting good. Um, as your response to playing games. But I would say, like, the best advice I can give you realistically for any war game is just understand your local meta. It's going to be different everywhere, but if you understand kind of what people are playing, you can build your list around it. Um, you can definitely, like, see that when you're playing other games. Um, every game has a meta, but unlike video games where it is a worldwide meta because games at this point, video games have become worldwide... Uh, Legion, Armada, X-Wing, Warhammer, they are all very local. So that means that your meta is very local. And localized meta leads to some interesting things down the line when you get up to, like, worlds play, um, different things like that, like tournaments. Because when you're getting there and you, all these local metas are essentially, like, smashing into each other and you see the, like what sticks, what is actually meta versus what is just local. Um, you can see that. Um, I give you this fair warning. Super tactical droids are going to become meta. Um, it doesn't matter. They're going to become meta. They're so much better than tactical droids. Uh, and running them is so much fun. So, and they give, Kalani gives too much. So, um, as far as Legion goes, just enjoy the game, pay attention to your local meta. And of course, get some of those super tactical droids because they're they're going to be the meta for droids. Um, that's just my advice to you when you're playing Legion. Uh, I think that's all I got to talk about on that front. Um, I just want to go over that very quickly uh, because, you know, 
uh, it's it's one of those things. I just wanted to get it off my chest because I, I've been wanting to play Legion with like get back to the local groups and play a lot of Legion. Like I want I want to roll some dice. Um, I I've been playing D and D. Like we met in person to play D and D this week, and I've absolutely forgotten how much I love just playing with people and the importance of having that community together because it's not the same as online. Um, you don't get that heartbreak in your player's character. You don't get the life draining from their eyes when the dragon's trying to figure, when you're like breaking for a second just to figure out if the dragon is going to kill somebody permanently. Um, but all of that, like it gets to be a lot of fun. So I highly recommend meeting in person if you can. Play it safe. There, There is still a virus out there. I know things have been winding down, but... Don't forget to meet up with people. As gamers, we tend to be perceived as the uh, the basement dwellers, the hermits. Um, join that community. Video games are great, but nothing replaces that in-person community. Now, Innistrad Wild Hunt. Now, the D&D set was disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, but Innistrad Wild Hunt, I'm excited for. Partly because I've been wanting to build a werewolf deck forever. In fact, during Innistrad, uh, Shadows Over Innistrad, I had a werewolf standard deck that I'd run that did all right. And I've always wanted to get in a werewolf commander deck. And I think Innistrad Wild Hunt gives us that chance to do that. Because we get enough werewolves, enough diversity of werewolves, that you might be able to run it. Now, we're going to be taking a look at a few different cards that um, we've been shown before the start. And I am really excited because there's a lot of good stuff in here, especially for werewolves and human. Human tribal and zombie tribal got a lot in this set, which I am really happy about because those are tribes like not vampire. Vampire hasn't needed it, but werewolf tribal, human tribal. They've kind of needed something a little bit extra. Zombie tribal needed just a little bit of an oomph. Even though they got that uh, Azarek from D and D, the D and D set, um, they still needed something because new blue black commanders is the big thing that we've been wanting out of it. So, um, without further ado, I'm just going to talk about a couple of the cards here. Um, Tainted adversary. It's a zombie. Death touch two three two mana black. Um, when tainted adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay two colorless and one black. Any number of times. I don't know why they didn't just call it multi-kicker. Um, why didn't they just give it multi-kicker? Because that 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 is just multi-kicker. Multi-kicker three, essentially. Um, when you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one, plus one counters on Tainted Adversary. Then create twice that many 2-2 two, two black zombies with Decayed. Now, I think Decayed is a is a good mechanic for zombies. Um, so Decayed as a mechanic says a creature with decayed can't block and when it attacks sacrifice it at the end of combat. Um that that makes sense like thematically for zombies because they do decay over time and eventually they would need to be sacrificed. So having that as a keyword now, especially that can't block because we do see a lot of uh zombies that just can't block, which is great. Um because, you know, if a zombie can't block, that's kind of normal, especially that that justifies a higher power with a lower cost um, because it can't block. So I really like the decayed mechanic and being able to like create tokens with decayed and that they don't stick around forever. It really get lets you get away with more. Um, 
and then you have Lisa Forgotten Archangel. Uh, two, co- uh, two colorless, two white, one black. Flying lifelink, a 4-5. Legendary creature angel. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, return it to its un- owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. That's good. Uh, in Commander, that's really good. Because it's saying, I can return my stuff to my hand whenever it dies. It's got a pseudo-Athreos effect. And Athreos has always been a really strong character. Uh, card, sorry. Um, getting my terminology, mi- terminology mixed up there a little bit. Um, Athreos is a very strong card. And this is like Athreos Light. Uh, because you can kill this creature. It's very easy to kill this creature. has no protections, no indestructible... Flying lifelink, so some evasions. 4-5 can restore some health. Um, but that second effect makes it good. The idea that not only do you return yours, but you also exile theirs. Exiling creatures when they die is a very strong ability because it turns off some strategies. Some great like sacrifice strategy, it turns them completely off. I would say either making this like a commander for um, any, any uh, aristocrat deck, you could run Lisa... Um, she's also just good in the 99 in angel decks. Cause angels like you, one thing you've noticed when you like people who run angel decks know that, um, one fear is a board wipe, one board wipe. And the, your, your angels are all in the graveyard and you're not going to do anything with them. So being able to essentially get around that with Lisa, like, Hey, they die, but they'll return. Good. And it's also like very thematic for a, uh, for an archangel, like for Lisa specifically, um, because I felt like the last one really didn't do much. That whole taxation thing. Um, the next card we're going to take a look at, I know we're blowing through these really quick, but there's a lot of cards to cover here. The next card we're not covering because it's good. Absolutely not. Well, it's all right. It could see some play in aristocrat decks. Human aristocrat decks could run this and, but it's great. It's an uncommon, uh, flesh taker, one black, one white. Whenever you sacrifice another creature, gain one life and scry one. Pay one, sacrifice another creature. It gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. It's all right. Like that ability there is perfect for aristocrat decks. Uh, sacrifice Whenever you sacrifice another creature, gain one life, scry one. That is really powerful because there's a lot of things that let you sacrifice to draw a card. You have this in play with that. You go sacrifice. I'm going to take this ability first. Uh, Flesh Taker's ability to scry one and then draw. That's double the card advantage because you get to choose. Not to mention, like, it has the ability to buff itself by sacrificing other creatures, which is really nice. And I just want to talk about the art here because I saw this art at, like, midnight. And it's one of those things where it caught me so off guard. That, like, butcher outfit with the, like, the cow head with the horns and the cleaver. It looks very um, serial killer look. And it is a great look for that card. I Honestly, it's got striking art and I love it. Um, really does invoke some things. Now, Sludge Monster. This is, this is going to be good for a different reason. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, put a slime on one other target creature. Non-horror creatures with slime counters on them lose all abilities and have base power 2-2. That's going to be good in Commander. It's a little high cost, but it'll trigger twice. When it hits, it triggers. Um, When it... Like, until this is removed, 
they have to deal with the fact that their stuff is now tutus. And turning, like, major creatures into tutus with no abilities is great. That just lose all abilities. Great. I can turn off your threat. Um, another card we might see is unnatural growth. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, I don't think we'll see it in standard unless mono green is the thing. Unless we get mono green, we could see this in standard. Um, I don't think we will, but in commander, I don't think we'll see it either except for in mono green decks. I think this is perfect for mono green decks and it exemplifies everything that mono green decks do. Um, unnatural growth. One colorless, four green. That's why we won't see it. Too much green in there. Great if you're running, like, if you need devotion. Um, if you got a way to mana fix, you could run it and just get a bunch of green. But four green. Um, an enchantment. At the beginning of each combat, double the power and toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. Each creature. It's a Xenogod. Um, Xenogod is always, has always been really good because he doubles a creature. This one doubles all of them. And it's a perfect finisher. It, like mono green standard, you could see this come out as a finisher. This pops out, doubles all of your creatures at combat. You swing in. That's what this does. Um, five mana. So it could like, it's could be used as a finisher in standard, but in commander, that's fine. Cheated out. Um, any number of like beat down decks could use this. Dual color decks might be able to use this. Mono green decks definitely can use this. Just being able to double your creature's power is really nice. But I think that cost at the top is going to be very prohibitive. Just because four green is a lot to invest. You get the devotion to it if you're running gods, but other than that, not really. Um, and the one next to it, <laughs> uh, croaking counterpart. Kind of a play on cackling counterpart. Um, I love it. Create a creature that's a copy of target non-frog creature, except it's a 1-1 green frog. So it replace it. You get their abilities. This card is played because you want that card, whatever card that is, you want its abilities. You don't want anything else. But um, <laughs> it's funny. It's three mana with flashback of five. Yeah, it's definitely a play on Cackling Counterpart. It's it's not the best, um, but I think it's just kind of funny. And not not every card is about being the best card. Uh, sometimes it's about, like, good art. I love good art. Or even, like, a... Um, or just a funny card. Just like, oh, yeah, it does nothing but, like, turn your my stuff into a frog. Turn that into... I create a frog copy. <clears throat> now, Gissa Glorious Resurrector. Another really good black card coming out of this. Another good human coming out of this. If a creature an opponent would control die, if, sorry, if a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. We've seen a couple of that in this set. Exiling after death. At the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gissa, Glorious Resurrector, onto the battlefield under your control. They gain decayed. No. Just, that is so powerful. The, oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to find a way to keep her alive, and I'm going to kill everything else. And then I get them. This is a grave betrayal. Grave betrayal on a stick. And so we might see some human decks like Marchessa decks use this. especially And wizard decks might play this because it is a wizard. 
Um, the decayed makes it all right. Um, just means that you have to sacrifice them. So they're going back to the grave, but you get a chance to attack with them because it's at your upkeep. They'll all come in. Um, they gain decay. Uh, so you get to keep them until they attack. That's great. You got, they can't block. I mean, so it's a little bit balanced. I, I think it's a good card for four mana. I think it's definitely a good card for four mana and it'll be used that way. Um, I know we haven't really talked about any werewolves and that's just because I'm getting to them. There's a lot of good cards in this set. In fact, um, at the end of this, I am going to talk about my thoughts on this set and I love the cards coming out of here. Pop it, Stitcher. Uh, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with decayed. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more creature tokens, transform it. Um, it's good. Like, there's a lot of things in this set that I really like. Um, Sigarda, uh, Champion of Light. Good for humans, actually. Humans you control get plus one, plus one, flying trample. Uh, one colorless, one green, two white. Coven. Coven is a new mechanic, and I really like the Coven mechanic because it's one of those not too prohibitive things, but a, a good balance of prohibitive. Um, whenever Sigarda attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, that's the key, having different powers on the board. Look at the top five cards of your library. Reveal a human card, put the rest on the bottom. Uh, the human goes to your hand. Um, it's good for fetching out humans. I think she'll be good in like a human deck, a five-color human deck. She'd be really good in. I don't think she'd play see much play in anything else. And then we're getting to the werewolves. Let let's talk about one of the werewolves finally, because and we got to talk about one of the big werewolves right now. Um, Tovalar Dire Overlord flips to Tovalar the Midnight Scourge. Um, one colorless, one red, one green. Really low cost for what he does. Um, I think that like. I think that is what makes him the best commander, is he's such a low cost. We've seen Ulrich the Kralen Horde. Low, high cost, and doesn't do much, but he is really good. This is the commander we've been looking for for werewolves. A legendary creature, human werewolf. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you would, um, if you control three or more wolves or werewolves, it becomes night. Night and day have become a new mechanic. Whenever um, you start tracking day and night, you track it forever. Um, they did that instead of putting the... Um, if a player would cast two spells, transform it. Or if a player casts no spells, transform it for werewolves. All werewolves have day bound and night bound. Which means if it's day, they're in this form. If it's night, they're in this form. And, and because this is a separate mechanic, they figured out how to play with it. Um, and we'll talk about the Celestis and some other ways to play with the day and night cycle. Uh, Trovalar the Midnight Scourge, uh, any number of, transform any number of human werewolves, specifically human werewolves, which is great because this is upkeep. You're going to be aggressive. You're trying to be aggressive. So you're going to put all your werewolves on the field. Um, you're going to have your werewolves on the field, wait until they come. And then you're going to flip them all and be aggressive. Um, whenever a wolf or werewolf, uh, Trovar, Midnight Scourge, his other side, uh, the werewolf. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Same thing on the other side. Um, X, one green, one red. Target wolf or werewolf you control gets plus X, plus zero, and gains trample. That That's all right. Um, you can give trample to creatures. You can buff one of your werewolves going in to make sure it kills something. Um, I think he's... I think he's the best commander we've had for werewolves. 
by far. Um, we might see more werewolves um, with uh, more uh, the the colorless one from uh, Modern Horizons. Uh, more fun, more fun. Um, we might see more fun like run werewolves now because we are getting werewolves of different colors, and to get werewolves of different colors means different things um, for them. They do a diff- little bit of different things. They kind of play into that color pie there, um, and werewolves are becoming not just green red but by far the best werewolf deck will just be green red aggro um and we need to talk about one of the uh one of the planeswalkers that we're getting uh arlen the pax hope arlen cord has been one of those planeswalkers where, where we saw her on innistrad we saw her in war of the spark and now we're kind of getting her she's starting to become a better play a bigger player in it um she has Daybound, legendary planeswalker until end of turn, you may cast creature spells as though they had flash, and each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Now, I know what you're saying that that doesn't it, that is so good because werewolves play on like oh um, you cast no spells they transform you cast two spells they transform this lets you kind of control the transformations you go okay I'm going to cast this so we get the second one so all my stuff flips. Um, I'm going to cast all of my stuff on your turn so I have all these werewolves on hand as soon as they come in. They're all going to be human um, because it's now day, but they're all going to transform. Um, day bound. Uh, that's her plus one. The give everything flash. For four mana, give your creatures flash. Um, that's strong. And they all get a 1-1 one, one counter on it when they enter. Uh, negative three, create two... Uh, two, two, two green wolf creature tokens. So Arlen comes in and she puts four power on the board um, for four mana. Four power plus if she survives, um, like she gives herself protections um, so she can survive to either transform or give yourself flash again. Like that's what the beauty of that is. She She's kind of versatile. That's the beauty of it. She's kind of versatile in that where she'll just immediately four power puts four Four power on the board with two bodies, so she can block two creatures. Um, that makes her good, somewhat, because she can protect herself to make sure that Planeswalker keeps going. And then she flips to Nightbound, where she has a plus two. Um, her plus two is just add one green, one red, which lets you cast your spells. I mean, it's alright. doesn't give flash. Um, then she has a zero. Until end of turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a 5-5 werewolf creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. Um, I mean, which means she's also a 5-5. So, Nightbound, Night comes, she becomes very aggressive. Very thematic for werewolves. Um, that's what we wanted out of her, was that she stays thematic with werewolves. That's something that we missed when, um, when, unfortunately, when the, uh, uh, War of the Spark happened is we didn't get her as werewolves. We She just existed. Um, and I was kind of disappointed in that. I wanted that uh, that she's a werewolf in that. Um, maybe a, the one flip card in the set is her. And I get it. There was a lot going on there. And so um, I kind of get it, but I wanted to see more. And this really like plays into it. Because originally she was a flip card. The original Arlen Court is a good card. Um, and like putting her in a werewolf deck will be really nice. And that card is also good as a planeswalker. Because she's kind of light. She's not super important. Like It's not like she's going to bust the game. She's going to come and she's going to create her bodies. 
and then she's going to give your stuff flash. Or she's going to get aggressive and she's going to give your, you mana or she's going to attack. Which is nice. Um, she's versatile depending on what's going on. And controlling the um, day-night cycle is very difficult. But they added a card that is perfect for that. And we'll talk about that right now. The Celestis. Um, three mana legendary artifact. If it's neither day nor night, which means no werewolves have entered the battlefield, so you're not tracking day and night yet, um, it becomes day as the Celestis enters the battlefield. You can tap it to add one mana of any color. Or you can tap three and tap it and change what day, uh, whether it's day or night. You just switch it. which it, And you can only activate it as a sorcery. So that lets you control the day-night cycle. If you have this on the field with your werewolves and you need them all in human, flip it to day. Um, if they need to become all werewolf, flip it to night. Um, whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you gain one life. You may draw a card and discard a card. That's all right. I mean, you might see day-night cycles switch every once in a while. In Commander, I think this could be good. Just because it get, lets you cycle through your deck a little bit um, on other people's turns. Card advantage is always good. Um, you draw, you discard. You draw, you discard. That impulsive draw is really good for, like, red-green decks. Because, I mean, honestly, werewolves are a thing now. And I can't wait to build my werewolf deck. Um, the last card we're going to talk about is, isn't as big as the Celestis, isn't as important as the Celestis for like these, but it's, it's just a good one. Um, so you have Kessig Naturalist, one green, one red. Whenever it attacks, add one red or green until, until end of turn, you don't lose it. Day, day bound. Other wolves or werewolves you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever Lord of the Ulvenwald attacks, add one red or one green. Until end of turn, it doesn't lose as phases end. I mean, it's good. It It's an all right card. Like, it's what you want from an uncommon. Um, and I'm really happy to see this. And not to mention, like, the art for this Innistrad set is killer. Um, that's something I've been really disappointed in with Magic lately is it's kind of, like, lost what lost that beautiful art style that it used to have. <laughs> and I think Innistrad picks up for it. I definitely think Innistrad picks up for it. So being able to pick that up and get that art, and especially the alternate arts. Mm. I kind of want to talk about the art alternate arts because the alternate arts are also really good. The lands, oh my god, those lands are so beautiful. And we got to see a lot. We've been seeing a lot come out, and I'm really happy that we're getting this. I, I think they played it safe separating the, um, uh, separating the, uh, separating the werewolves from the, separating werewolves from, uh, the rest of them. Um, I think that was smart. Separating werewolves from the vampire set was a really good idea. And so to be able to do that, um, definitely helped. So, uh, and also, like, the art on the lands are so beautiful. And I saw some alternate arts for, like, some of the lands. And Arlen has an alternate art, which is really nice. Arlen's like, got two alternate arts. They kind of did this, like, you have two separate art styles that you can get for the alternate. You just have, like, an alternate art, which carries on the same art theme, art style of the main set, and kind of keeps it going. And then you have this, like gothic midnight like this gothic style art as well the alternate art that you can get for these um all these cards have this gothic art that you can get and i love it um i kind of like arlen's alternate art not her um 
not her like not her uh what do you call it not her not her like gothic style art but her just her priest art she has like a priest art which is really nice the priestess art is really good on her and it kind of plays into the fact that she's trying to be better than the other werewolves um she's she's their hope she's she's their future and to have like all these nightmare versions in the gothic art is so beautiful and plays into Innistrad and it's just so Innistrad I love it because Innistrad has always been this gothic art and to finally get true gothic art like put into it is really nice so like the daybound night cycle uh tokens look beautiful in that art style that like actual painted art style um there's so much here that I just love it. Um, oh, and the lands. Don't get, me, don't get me started on the full art basic lands. Because I could talk about those forever. Um, I want to talk about more. I think we should always talk about more. Um, there is the, the last one to talk about. And this is the, truly the last one. Is Renan 7. Um, he's not as broken as Renan 6. Renan 6 was just so busted. And to get Renin 7, I don't know what they're playing with there. Like, if the, it's just a play on names or whatever. Um, but he's a Planeswalker. He looks like one of those, like, older Planeswalkers. The newer Planeswalkers all have, like, very few abilities, which is good. Um, They can they kind of do their own thing. But this one play, looks like a classic kind of Planeswalker. Plus one, reveal four cards from your library. Put all lands revealed into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Self-mill. He's mono-green. Um, any number of lands from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Five mana, so mana dumping. Land dumping isn't as big of a deal at that point, but it's still pretty. That's still a good ability, just to dump all of your lands tapped. Um, whenever a green tree folk creature you control with reach and. Um, uh, sorry, create a green tree folk creature with reach and. This creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. So he's like good for tree folk tribal. Turn all permanent cards from the graveyard to your hand. You can emblem. You have no maximum hand size. Negative eight. Um, I'd say he's an alright Planeswalker. He's one of those Planeswalkers that you want to deal with quick, but he's not that, um, he's not going to destroy the game if he sticks around for a turn or two. So, play around that. Always play around that. So, you know, um, but he's alright. Overall, I love this set. This set just looks so good, and I'm going to see it. It's going to do so much for Commander. It's going to be so much see so much for um other things as well like standard will change after this this set is going to change standard all sets change standard but this will um where we'll see a lot coming out of this we're seeing some interesting reprints um so i i'm really happy with the set i'm so happy with this set um that's all we've got for Midnight Hunt. Um, I, I'm just super excited. Like, I can guarantee I'm getting a collector's booster. I'm getting a collector booster just because I want those alternate arts. And I got a bonus from work. So I'm like, I want... They told us to do something nice for ourselves, and I'm getting a collector's booster with it. So I can't wait for that. Um, cracking packs for this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to love this set. I've always loved Innistrad. Innistrad has been my favorite plane. And... Although I've been complaining about us going back to planes too much, I think Innistrad is the perfect plane to go back to right now. And I think they'll have an interesting story ready. Um, Cyberpunk's been in the news. 
Yes, Cyberpunk has been in the news. So Cyberpunk is releasing or has released Patch 1.3. Patch 1.3 is a, um, well, it was released a little while. It flew under the radar. I missed it. It was released August 17th. Uh, well, the patch notes were, at least. August 17th. That's like two weeks two weeks ago. And this was a massive update. And this is something we've been complaining about, is that CD Projekt Red has been really, gone really dark about C about cyberpunk which to me to a lot of people said oh they're done with it they gave up no 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 like this patch shows that they haven't given up on it yet um and the fact that they're also releasing dlc they're showing that hey they came back just time they needed time to get things fixed and they did so much the patch notes is just massive and i'm not going to go through them because that could take me like an hour to just go through all of them like uh, so many gigs and all, all, so many missions just had minor patches to them that it's great. Cosmetic designs also had some alterations, missions, um, balancing changes. So I'm glad that we have uh, a team that's working on Cyberpunk and actually giving us that. And they also really kind of teased us a DLC, um, our first free DLC showing, hey, we're still on the right track. We got pushback. I get it. COVID and everything. Oh, I get it. The plague that the plague that uh, kind of messed everything up in 2020 pushed their um, their timetable around, so they didn't get it. But they're still working on it. Hallelujah. Um, I've always held out hope for Cyberpunk. I know, like we've given up on like. There's been times where we want to give up on Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red. Their games are usually a mess when they come out, but they fix them. Um, I think Cyberpunk was just so overhyped that when it got released, people forgot how much of a buggy mess these games usually are. So just to show, hey, just them coming out and saying, hey, we're still working on this really gives me hope that eventually we'll see something good. Um, we're getting towards the end of the year and we still don't have our uh, upgrade, our next-gen upgrade. I'm hoping, like, it's coming soon, but I don't have any news on that. We don't have any news. Um, so, I think with new with new re uh, renewed vigor, I might play some Cyberpunk this next week. Uh, watch out for the stream later in the week. Um, it'll, of course, be posted to our YouTube channel. Um, check it out. Subscribe. Uh, like the videos. Um, follow us on whatever you're listening to. Uh, it really help us know, helps us know you're listening and helps us get everything that we need um, to know that we're reaching who we're reaching out um, to know that you guys are there. Um, that's all I've got to talk about today. Uh, so without further, I'm your host, Isaiah, and I'm logging out. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. In the time before AT&T Fiber Internet. What? What are you doing in me dungeon? It's the only place where the bloody Wi-Fi works. Oh, and you don't mind the spiders? Spiders? 
What spiders? Oh no, they're everywhere! Oh! In the time after AT&T Fiber Internet. It's nice having fast, reliable Wi-Fi in the whole house. For sure. The dawn of a better internet era with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Check eligibility at att.com slash getfiber. AT&T smart Wi-Fi extenders may be required. Sold separately. Restrictions apply. Everybody and welcome to episode number 55 of the Casual Gamecast, a weekly video game co- podcast even, brought to you by the team at Casual Game Content. I am, as usual, Phil Kyo, but I am joined, as you can see if you're here with us on YouTube, and I do encourage you to join us there, by three of my closest individuals. People I would not want to be here this week without. Starting, of course, with the effervescent Shane Bow. Hello, Shane. Hello. <laughs> Moving swiftly on to the CGC Badger. We have Aaron Thompson. Hello, Aaron. Uh-oh, hello. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, of course, we are joined by the wonderful Kerry. And thank you, Kerry Corgan, for coming back. Uh, I'm glad we didn't scare you off last week. <laughs> uh, not quite. Maybe maybe this week. You never know. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll never say never. But if you have never been here before, ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome you to what is by far the most casual of gaming podcasts in the known universe. A casual gamecast, if you will. And if you have been here before, welcome back because we've got a great show for you guys this week. Because as per usual, we are going to talk things up, catch up on our weeks, what have we been playing, what have we been watching before taking a quick break. And we are going to jump into the meat and potatoes of this week's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, which of course is that this week we have had a Sony state of play. Yes, yes. Sony have finally opened up their doors and let us know what's coming. Probably not this holiday season, but what's coming in the years to come. So a lot of interesting stuff to look at there. We'll see what we all thought of it. But did we all watch the Sony state of play? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've got a full house, ladies and gentlemen. We are coming at you like Cleopatra. Right. So before we go any further, I need to take a deep breath because... I did this intro twice because I messed it up the first time. <laughs> but I have to know. Guys, how has the week been? Kerry, I'm going to go straight to you because this is your second time with us and we are absolutely ecstatic that you're back with us again. How has your week been? My week has been terribly exciting. I went for an eye test on Sunday and found out that my eyesight has got worse and I ordered myself some new spanky glasses. So that's that's exciting, right? That qualifies as <laughs> that is. exciting. <laughs> Um, and okay, I feel bad for laughing. You said your eye, your eyesight's gotten worse. It has. Well, relatively, it's got worse. Worst. It's got worse in the last like three years. So I just need a slightly stronger prescription. Um, okay. But aside from that, I have had two days off from work this week, so I've just been chilling. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Glasses are a funny thing. Like you're, if not. Aaron, do you wear glasses? Have I seen you with glasses in the past? I do, but only for like looking at screens. I should be wearing them now, but mm-hmm. it's just been so long that I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like me and Shane are like constantly goggled. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> yeah. You, you never used to wear them when we were teenagers and neither did I. So I got like 
I was going to say diagnosed with a need for glasses. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? You're diagnosed <laughs> with your glasses. I suppose it is kind of diagnosed. I'm sorry to tell you, Shane. Yes. You are blind. Yeah. It is kind of a diagnosis, <laughs> I suppose. But anyway, when I was like 16, got an eye test, like needed glasses, picked out a pair of glasses. And after like a week, I was like, I picked out the wrong pair of glasses. I hate these. Like These are just mm-hmm. really rotten. And I just never wore them. And then I, my eyesight started getting worse. And then like, um, when I was going back to study and stuff like that, I was like noticing, looking at like, you know, whiteboards and stuff like that i was like right i'm getting headaches and stuff i really need to sort out some spectacles and yeah yep. it is kind of a case of i don't need to be wearing them all the time mm-hmm. but if i don't i won't if they're not on my face i will leave the house without them or i will go to work without them and then i'll come home and like a splitting headache or something because i didn't yeah, yeah. so i just wear them all the time yeah yeah well here's the thing if you don't need glasses all the time and you wear them all the time then when you take them off you're missing something, you know, like mm. it's your body feels it like my like my, my eyesight is actually not any worse or not any better than since I was a child. Like I, I spent my entire teenage years. I don't think you will have ever seen me with glasses on when we knew each other back in Port no. But like I'm no worse off because like these glasses, they correct a, a, a slight in my eyeball. <laughs> you know, I was just born with deformities of the eyeball. You right. Know? <laughs> so, like, essentially, it just puts that back into place. Um, but yeah, like, I can still see. Just don't tell me to read what's on, you know, the the chipper menu from a distance. You know, yeah. that's that's kind of where I have to draw the line. But Kerry, you ordered new glasses, and I do hope that, unlike Shane, you are happy with your glasses. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, what about you, man? Have you been lurking around the aisles of Little? Uh, not this week. Not this week. I haven't really left the house. Um, work is about all I've really been up to. Um, I did. It's been two and a half weeks of silence in work with with the job that I do. It's I. I essentially I depend on another department um to do work first before I can do mine. So like if they mm-hmm. have nothing to release, I've nothing to do. It's just the way it works. And um, yeah. So for the past two and a half weeks, they were like, oh no, nothing really, nothing really to give you. And then this week they just went, oh by the way, seeing as like one third of your team is gone, and you're all desperate for hours, and uh, you don't have enough facility to do work. Here's like six releases at the same time. Uh, enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> Uh, so that's been um fun it's been (laughs) so uh yeah i've just been flat out doing that i have i have one down anyway i'm doing i'm getting through them i'm slowly clawing my way through the um through the i guess ending scene of shawshank redemption that is my current state of workload um wow yeah that's a great metaphor yeah (laughs) crawling through the pipe i see (laughs) yeah pretty much i'm almost there i am covered in as much filth and dirt and smelly things um but yeah we're almost there so that's kind of been my week has been flat out staring at a laptop uh getting headaches because i haven't been wearing my glasses so uh yeah there we go there we go next week guys we have to have all four of us glasses on it's for your health yeah (laughs) um but thank you Thank you for the catch-up, Aaron. And thank you for the mental image of you in that pipe. Um, Shane, I need to know, what have you been up to this week? So, my week has been absolutely dull and boring, but... Okay, so th- you brought something to the table. I was going to say, yes. I said, hey! I, I, if, if people remember, Phil made a rule that if your week has been dull and boring, which mine is quite regularly because I'm not that mm-hmm. exciting. Um, Me too. We have to bring something to the table. So, I am bringing something to the table. I am bringing you the story. The suspense. I'm bringing you the story of a lady named Marion Stokes. 
Oh, okay. I'm I'm familiar, but go ahead. So Marion Stokes is a lady who is from Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Uh, now since deceased, she died in 2012. But from the year 19... Are you? From the year 1977, <laughs> up until yes. her death in 2012, she recorded whatever she could off the TV constantly. Which amassed... A collection of 71,000 VHS and Betamax tapes. Yes, yes. And as a result of this, she is now considered like the kind of top tier archivist of that era of television. Like a lot of that stuff was never archived. It was just like, oh, it went out on the TV and then it was lost to the annals of time. So like this lady basically created the greatest archive of that period of television that exists. Like they're still currently in the process of digitizing all her tapes. She had, yeah, and like that's a whole thing in itself to now go through those tapes. Yeah, you know? yeah. She had like eight VHS and Betamax things running all day, <laughs> and like every tape is up to eight hours in some in some cases. And like God. she even had her husband and kids involved. And like the minute a tape ended, you got to change it to the next tape. Oh my! And God. you know, recording like Fox, NBC, CNBC, you know, all these channels, news and sitcoms and like everything and anything um yeah so there you go there's my thing this week because nothing interesting happened to me <laughs> okay first of all I, I thank you um second of all i had heard of that before just through i think it was like stuff you should know or some podcast yeah, yeah. you know had, had to came up but third of all wow like She's a special kind of weirdo, wasn't she? Yes. You know, like, <laughs> in a great way. Like, it, it ended up being really beneficial for, like, TV and stuff. But, like, like eight or nine video things going at once all day, every day. Like, nobody asked her to do this, you know? It's yeah. kind of like, wow, you are one of those, like, weirdos that really ends up making something good, you know? <laughs> it says here that part of her, her occupation over the years was as a television producer. So maybe... Oh, that explains it maybe, a bit, so. Maybe she's seen that all this stuff was just disappearing into the ether and that nobody was, you know, was tracking it. So she decided to go mad and uh, do all this. Record, That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, what an absolute weapon of a woman. I love her. <laughs> Absolutely. I love her. Absolutely. The other thing, like, to remember is, especially now that, like, nostalgia gets, like, repackaged and sold back. That's like every single music video in about 20 years is probably going to use her footage just somewhere dotted around. Mm. You know, that's um, true, actually. Yeah. That's that's going to become a whole new art form in itself. Like, you know, the way they take like old samples for music, there's definitely going to be a thing now where it's it's just going to be a whole like visual culture to just take those VHS tapes from the 90s, you know, repackage them, re-edit them. Most likely throwing some anime intro in the background. <laughs> you know. And I'm I'm excited. Okay, so yes. I know we need to move on, but just like this woman, no, no. this woman was impressive. So there's more to this story. Um, since like the inception of Apple, the brand, like iPhones okay. and Macintosh or whatever, she also I'm familiar with their work. Yes, she also purchased like Macintosh computers as they released, and she stored them in climate controlled uh, like storage units for wow. posterity. Kept them sealed, unopened. And apparently the collection sold after her death anonymously on eBay with it being like the most one of a kind, like pure preserved, not opened collection of Apple products. She also invested heavily in Apple stock before Apple ever hit it big. So like her and her in-laws and stuff are like super rich. 
because of her like wow. her foresight in what Apple was going to become. That, that is nuts. Yeah. Go Marion. I yeah. have a feeling all you have just done, Shane, is described a time traveler to me. She knew. Possibly. She knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. She, she knew. She was she, like, she knew to buy that uh that book of um betting results that Biff Cannon ended up with in uh in Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. Either that or she had a severe hoarding problem because she also accumulated somewhere between thirty and forty thousand books. And she received six newspapers a day and a hundred to a hundred and fifty monthly like magazines and periodicals. Yeah, and... that's a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hoarder right there. Uh, there. There's eccentric and then there's hoarding. But look, at least something good came out of it. My own dad is a bit of a hoarder. And, and trust me, nothing good's coming out of that situation. Mm. So, you know, at least she's doing something positive. But, Jane. Thank you. you That has been a most enlightening weird thing to bring to the table this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope that was somewhere. I have great respect for this lady, but you have to admit, like, that's not normal behavior. That's like, that is crazy. But in the best possible way. Um, So myself, I had an interesting turn of events during the week. It was, let me set the scene for you. Okay. There I am sitting on the couch. It is approximately half eight at night. Okay. I am playing Mario Kart on the Switch, okay? Then, on the TV. Then, next thing, disaster! Power out. All power out. Alarms going off. Stuff is going crazy. People are shouting at each other. I thought the apocalypse was happening. I thought this was a Cloverfield situation. I look outside my front window in my cul-de-sac. All the lights are off. I go out onto my stoop. Everybody's out on their stoop. And then I go out onto the road. The road is off. Like, the streetlights are off. The whole grid in our area just went bang, gone. And it was so bizarre because, you know, normally you don't care. Normally you light a candle and you move on and hope to God it's, you know, it was late at night. I could have slept and, you know, woke up the next morning. If there wasn't, like, four house alarms going off with the failsafe of having no power... You know, uh, so there was just like this intense screeching thing was going on. So what ended up happening was I darted across my cul-de-sac to like the the house directly across from me is an 84 year old woman who I'm quite friendly with. And I just like went over straight away just like, are you okay? What's going on? Ah, have you got candles? Have you got milk? You know, and then um, came back. We then just hung out on our stoop for like an hour and a half chatting to the neighbors we've never spoke to. But this event brought us together, having ice creams in case the freezer didn't come back on. And then at about half 11, bang, it all just came back and no explanation as to what may have caused this. Um, That's why I want to pose it to the group here. Do we think that was just scheduled maintenance or do we think something nefarious is after happening, like some some alien creatures after landing here somewhere in Cork. Yeah, it was the Passover devil. They specifically go for Cork. It, it's written. The Passover devil. Yeah. Um, Explain. I, li- uh, I, um, I just pulled words out of the back of my skull together. <laughs> now, now I've been forced into a corner, but you know what, Phil? I'm up for the challenge. The Passover devil at the end of the Bible, um, not the regular Bible, the Cork Bible specifically states. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's the same as a regular Bible. It's just every sentence ends in the word boy. Um, by, yeah, by, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, the the, like. the the Passover devil floats by every now and again. And it, it only happens whenever there is a big GAA competition in the area, which apparently there was. And it's <laughs> they, they try stop the devil. This Passover devil tries to stop 
uh, people from entering the GAA competition by um, forcing them to eat ice creams because I think their freezers are failing. And so they all get brain freeze and they can't compete in the GAA match. And you fell for it, Phil. I'm sorry. You're, you, you've, you've been a victim of a crime here and I feel bad for you. Well, you, you've certainly put me up against the wall here, Arne. Yeah. <laughs> now, Phil, try prove me wrong. The Passover devil, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. I think, though, if you had told that story any longer, Aaron, I think our Shane might have exploded. <laughs> been watching. He, he was electric throughout that entire day. <laughs> he won't sleep tonight, Aaron. That's on you. Yeah. That's I was, on you. Like, I was just sitting here listening, going like, can he do it? Can he, can he actually get to the end of this little <laughs> paragraph here that he's after signing himself up to without, without falling apart? And he did it, and congratulations. I am yeah. sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we hadn't scared off Kerry last week, maybe this was it. <laughs> okay, guys, that has been enough about what we've been doing this week. I think we can probably move on. So, with all that being said, let's play our brand new stinger that uh, I don't think made it into our video last week. So, if you're watching this on the YouTube again this week, you know what I'm talking about. But it did make it into the audio, and I have to give Aaron props for pulling that off at the last second. But, with all that being said, play that thing. All right, stranger. What are you playing? So, folks, because we played that thing, that means I have to know what have we been playing. And I'll start this week because I have not really been playing anything new and exciting. I said it last week that we have started streaming Horizon Zero Dawn over on the Twitch channel. Still playing that, still really liking that. Um, Still surprised how well it plays on PS5. It's it's right up there with Ghost of Tsushima. I actually think I preferred, if I'm honest. Uh, it barely edges it out for me. But the one interesting thing there is we have moved. We have moved from Twitch to YouTube streaming. Um, anybody who is unfamiliar with Twitch, that's why. You know, like I, I think there's a whole idea out there that like, you know, if you want to watch a stream, you go to Twitch. If you want to watch a video, you go to YouTube. Um, and if you want like audio, you go to Spotify. You know what I'm saying. But I think things are changing. And I think that YouTube is getting better and better at this type of thing. And also, our YouTube channel needs subscribers. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed to Casual Game Content, please do. We, we desperately need the subs. <laughs> but if... Um, if we're going to be streaming, I didn't see the point in having like a Twitch audience and a YouTube audience and then trying to maintain both. It just made more sense to do everything in one place and have more content as a result on our channel. So, you know, it is what it is. But if you want to catch up with any of our streams, do follow Casual Game Content on YouTube. It actually has a better system for queuing up streams too. So if you are interested, just subscribe and you'll get a notification when I say that I'm going to be here at this time and it'll all be localized to your area beautiful stuff but that's what i've been playing this week ladies and gentlemen um shane have you been playing anything interesting i have i have for those of you with excellent memories and can remember a whole week ago I you're asking a lot now i i really am i know but bear with me here i think we can do it i, I think together we can figure this out so okay. last week i told you i took possession of hades yes through some kind of like armed robbery if i remember correctly i did i basically murdered my friend and stole his game Jesus, this is getting dark. Between the Passover devil and this. Gaming's getting expensive. I mean, it's an expensive hobby. You know, I got to get my game somehow. Got to get that fixed. <laughs> and you picked this 20 euro game to, to kill your friend over. <laughs> I had to start somewhere. You know, you got to start small and then work your way up to the more expensive work games. Work your way up. <laughs> yeah. Soon I'll be killing whole families for like the new Call of Duty or something. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. you're playing Hades. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Um, 
yeah i started playing hades and it's super awesome it's super fun i love the art style i love the gameplay i love the music mm-hmm. i love the writing and it's super witty like really witty i i didn't yes. expect it to be so fun i was kind of yes. looking even though the art style is really cool and kind of fun the subject matter like the greek gods and stuff like that i thought it might be a little bit more serious maybe i was thinking too much like god of war or something you know where it's like sure. <laughs> you know that kind of thing sure, sure, but yeah sure, it's sure. super fun super i love skelly skelly's like skelly's my dude yeah like <laughs> good, whoever yeah. taught to make him like give him like a new york accent or whatever it was just that guy needs to get raised at work you know <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him know but i like it and like we know like with the likes of Returnal, I've had a little trouble with some some roguelites in the past. But mm-hmm. I find that Hades actually like is really good at getting you better every time and helping you power up and helping you get that little bit stronger for your next run. Yes, it is. And that's where I was hesitant to go too deeply into it last week because like Returnal is quite unforgiving in that way. Yeah. It's it's very like you just die and you come back and it's just figure it out again. Yeah. You know? um hades is very much it, it it guides you a lot you know and some people hate that some people absolutely hate the fact that you can't get like all of your abilities on the first run yeah you know like like it's really like you die and die and die and die and every time you die you unlock something new or you figure it out something new or it's really good at that so i think on, re- on repeat playthroughs hades will probably be a bit of a chore you know but on that first playthrough like it's great. It, it really is great. Yeah. I'm, how far How far have you gotten? I have made it as far as Elysium. Yes. But I haven't got to the boss of Elysium. Gotcha. That's a challenging one. That's yeah. that's where I left off when Ghost of Tsushima came. So like, yeah. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to get past that one. It's been so long. But I do look forward to getting back to it. Aaron or Kerry, have you guys any experience with Hades or is that on your radar at all? I played it a good bit, yeah. Um, I I oh. I very much enjoyed Hades. It's it's definitely one of those like, I, I Hades or games like that. I very I, I definitely treat as like my sort of in between sort of. I've nothing else to do. Waste a couple of hours, Joe. You know, it's it's very easy. Just you switch on, and two seconds later, you're in. You're into the yeah. the guts of the gameplay. So um, yeah, no, I do. I love it now. I I I agree with everything Shane was saying. The art style is lovely. The gameplay is even better. The music is. It's just a good game. Yeah, that is, that really does deserve to be up there when they were talking about Game of the Year last year. Like it, it is just that damn good. Like, you know, you can't argue with it really once you play it, even if it's not a game that you like. Yeah. You know, you can you can see why, you know. Uh, did you play that when it was in early access, Aaron? Or did you play it on release when it came out last year? No, I played it very late. I only started playing it uh, about two, three months ago. So, oh, same um, as myself. Yeah, so we both got into it at the same time. Um, I need, to, I do, I need to play it more because I think at the time I was playing it, what came out? What came out about two, three months ago? I was playing something. Something got in the way. Clearly, that's over, even. Oh, that's exactly what it was. A hundred percent. I was running <laughs> from him. Um, yeah, it, something came out. It distracted me from it, and clearly, it wasn't a very good game because I don't remember it. But uh, yeah. I, I need to play more Hades. Hades is something I need to play more of. It's it is. I while I while I played it on PC, and I don't think PC is probably the best place to play. It, I'd love to play it on Switch. I I think it's that just seems like the right place to play it. Because as I said, it's one of those perfect like I, I just I have the ability to play a game now. Out comes the Switch. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's it's been 
highly, highly recommend yeah. it on Switch. I own it on Switch. I played it on Xbox, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't unhappy by that because it's lovely in 4K and whatnot. But mm. I do see the appeal. Um, and Kerry, it's not really your type of. It's not your cup of tea, you could say. No. Um, I wish I could add something further to it, but it's just not my kind of game, unfortunately. That's fair enough. No space wizards. No space wizards. Not yet. <laughs> maybe in the future. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Um, but that is that. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Um, I do want to hear more weekly updates on where you end up with that game because I do want to see is this the game that like makes you punch through your roguelike um I don't know, maybe it was just Returnal, but you seemed as if you didn't quite yeah. have that love for the roguelike I, you were playing that one. The most I've ever put into a roguelike previous is um, Rogue Legacy, and I played it on Vita, and I used to play it on the bus like in first year of college, going to college back and forth. And mm-hmm. I put a lot of time into that, I think because it was a good distraction on the bus, but I also enjoyed the humor of that every time you died, you respawned as one of your ancestors, and you could get like weird quirks like ADHD or like this dyslexia yes. and you couldn't like read what the people were saying to you and stuff and that but i never finished it either yeah rogue legacy is amazing i don't think anyone's finished it yeah. let's be honest yeah it's tough <laughs> it's a tough little game it's a tough little game um that only leaves uh aaron and kerry i'm gonna go to kerry first kerry have you been playing anything interesting this week um so still still destiny um but i also mm-hmm. got alien fire team elite um, I haven't played too oh. much of it, but so far I can't say it's amazing. Like from the trailer, it looked amazing <laughs> and I was so excited and I couldn't wait to get it. But the actual gameplay, it just feels clunky and I've been playing it on my own. So that could be the reason maybe if you're playing with other people, it's a much better game. Um, sure. But when when i'm used to playing something like destiny that's quick um it just so far it's not for me but i'll i'll keep going and we'll see where we end up but i can't rave about it right now <laughs> gotcha so like i have a couple of questions mm-hmm. like the first is are you an alien fan in general like what was it that got you so hyped in the first place yeah so i didn't play isolation um but mm-hmm. i am a lover of the actual movies and from the trailer of alien it looked much more like um my style of gaming yes um, yeah and there are fun parts to it and it looks like it could it could evolve into something a little bit better the more you play but as I said last week, if a game doesn't grip me within the first kind of hour, I really struggle to then keep going with it. But mm-hmm. because so many people have said it's brilliant, you know, keep going, I will. But right now, my hopes aren't very high, unfortunately, because <laughs> I was fair. really excited about it. Yeah, that is fair, because like it is a it's a it's, I don't think it's a live service game, this one, from what I understand, but it is it has all those trappings and it's kind of like a third person left for dead, which I know you're into. Yeah, I mean, you can you can match make so you can when you start up your first mission, you can choose to match make with two random people or use AIs, mm. which is what I did. And as I said, I think it would be much more fun if you were playing with other people because it can get a bit jumpy and scary. Um, sure. But on first playthrough, I always like to go through it on my own. 
and it just it felt slow and clunky and maybe mm. maybe that's because I haven't got upgrades and stuff and you can choose different classes um but yeah as I said right now it's it's meh yeah not grabbing you no. not grabbing you um my biggest problem with every alien game with exception to isolation which I love mm-hmm. is and I'm, a, I'm an alien fan as well actually I only just watched three and four the other week uh, for the first time, but I love the first two, uh, especially the first one. But my problem with alien games is they don't understand the appeal of alien, mm-hmm. which is like the horror aspect yeah. of it all, you know, which is like, that's why the first movie's so good. You know, it's just, I don't need to see the alien that much. In fact, that takes away from it. Yeah. And I, I just need to know it's there, you know? And then when, from what I've seen with this alien fire team, uh, what elite, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, um, it seems as if like every mission is like kill four hundred aliens, yeah, and they're like one shot kills, and it's kind of like these don't seem threatening. I don't see why I'd be afraid of these things. Yeah, no, it's and it's not particularly difficult. Um, you know, I I started it on normal or whatever it's meant to be at, and it wasn't particularly difficult. So maybe if you upped the difficulty you would get more out mm. of it but as you said it's not a particularly scary game either which i was hoping for because i really like spooky games and there are parts where you're like what was that but you get mm-hmm. to see the alien almost instantly so any kind of little bit of fear you had you're just like oh that's a tiny little alien that i killed with one shot that was pointless gotcha so, what would we have to do to get you to stream Alien Isolation since you've never played it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is it is it scary? I haven't. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, oh, I was yeah. going to say you should jump on Isolation. You just said that you like spooky games and you really like the Alien yes. franchise. You should definitely jump on Isolation. I will. Yeah, have it's to it's give it a super go. good. It's super scary too. I think no, that's a lie. I think I did actually play it for a very short period of time, like just the start of it, but the sensitivity was so high that I was actually getting motion sickness. So maybe oh. I have to figure out how to sort that out and I'll jump back into it and give you an update. I I really 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 would love to see that. <laughs> <I'll keep laughs> we what we I, I uh, old friend of the show Paul Mason as well um, he only jumped on it last year or the year before mm-hmm. and I was absolutely enamored just talking to him going like and what did you think of this and what did you think of this uh, so I look forward to those conversations mm-hmm. uh, but that has been awesome thank you Kerry um, Aaron have you been playing anything this week or still knees deep in Humankind <laughs> uh, just about I've been playing a good bit of Humankind I did I did venture into a second game not a new game Okay. But a second game that I've been playing, and it's also one of my probably favorite games uh, of the last while. Uh, also a very, very scary game. It's uh, Planet Zoo. And <laughs> oh, super scary. Yeah. I Those just, koalas. Uh, uh, giraffes just freak me the fuck out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, honestly, the, the whole, the Planet series between Planet Coaster and Planet Zoo Without mm-hmm. a doubt, the best like three D building mechanics. Um, just exactly what you just press X and you can place it anywhere. It's not you know most places are like oh grid, Joe, or mm-hmm. here's like a box you build and maybe make. It's just no anything like you you your entire part. You could make a building that's like thousands, tens of thousands of square feet if you want. It it very much is just open building freedom, and I love it. Um. 
I wish awesome. I could say more. There's very few. It's hard to give like a new take on Planet Zoo other than, <laughs> yeah, I just, I like animals. I like building their enclosures and then just looking at them. Any badgers? No, no badgers yet. A couple of pandas, close enough. Red pandas, <laughs> maybe if you combine the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, uh, they're like Chinese raccoon badgers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, we, yeah, that's not a reach. That's exactly what they are. <laughs> Chinese raccoon badgers. Can I, can I just po- uh, you know, pause on the red panda for a second? Holy crap, mm. are they cute. I, oh like, my God. Yeah. I went to Foda Wildlife Park <laughs> over the lockdown and um, seeing my first one, like, you know, like in with my own eyes, let's say, you know, like right in front of me, like, holy crap, look at it. I will go to prison because I need to bring this home with me right now. <laughs> oh, this thing is amazing. <laughs> they are incredible. I love them. And yeah. I make sure that they have the best habitat in the zoo. There we go. There we go. Official animal of the CGC team. It has <laughs> been confirmed, ladies and gentlemen. You've seen it here first. Um, but that has been what we've been playing this week. I think for once, we always threaten to do it and we haven't done it in a long time. Will we take like 10 minutes to just blast through what we've been watching this week? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Aaron, you're going to have to maybe come up with another thing. Oh, no, I've been watching <laughs> stuff. I started a new show this week. <laughs> I meant another stinger. Oh, but we'll stinger! Get to that. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I thought you meant like I just make up what I watch or play. I I sit in that corner for seven days of the week, and every hour once a week, I just come here and just make stuff up. My name's not Aaron. Um, <laughs> oh my god, it's the Passover Devil, of course. Um, but no, no. If if we have a singer play that thing, and if we don't, we don't. What you watching, bro? Um. So what have we been watching? Uh, I want to just talk very quickly about What If. Has anybody been watching the Marvel What If things that have been coming out? Nope. I watched one episode, the first episode, and just haven't got back to it yet. Yeah, like I, I don't think they're going to be everybody's thing. Mm. And I don't think they're necessarily my thing, but I, I'm intrigued by each premise. So like What If is essentially just, what if the movies you're familiar with and then something happens, you know? So like, what if... Peggy Carter became Captain America, you know, instead of Captain America, essentially. And what if zombies was the latest one? Whereas it's like, what if all the Avengers were zombies, but they could still use their powers, you know? And it's like these types of scenarios. And I have to say, they're swinging for the hills a lot. Like their um, their animation is top notch. I'll give them that, you know. Uh, some of their stories, it's it's like. I wish that they were like an hour and a half long, these things, because they honestly, the premise is interesting, but you don't get enough time to really explore it. So like you're just running from action scene to action scene for 40 minutes and then it's over. And whilst you're not disappointed you watch them, I do think that season two, if they do a season two, needs to be like longer, you know? Yeah, it kind of sounds like um they don't explore the ramifications of the what if. It's like, what if mm-hmm. Peggy Carter was Captain America and then it's just Peggy Carter in Captain America's outfit kicking people in the face or whatever? Instead of Find exploring the yeah. ramifications of what happens when it's a completely different person and how it affects them in their life or the world or the fact that maybe she's female would have a different bearing on how people perceive her in the society we live in, you know? And it seems like they just don't do any of that because it is a cartoon at the end of the day. Oh, no, they do do that. Oh. They do do that. Like, um, like even in, like, there's a whole 
like um gender inequality angle to that episode where like you know peggy is kicking ass clearly and people are holding her back and it's only when she proves herself all of a sudden everyone's her best friend it's very much like these are the struggles of, of you know women i would assume carrie i'm not <laughs> you know, i'm not here i'm there flying the flag from experience yeah, carrie you're but, a captain uh, america yeah, tell I us how you're captain america right? i kick everyone's ass and no one thinks much of me yeah <laughs> that's not true we think very much of you here <laughs> but um but yeah no they do they do do that but they have such a short time that they have to fit everything else into and it does feel like it falls a little bit flat uh, overall but it does look like they left it on a cliffhanger and i believe that they've talked about coming back to that story as well as other ones so i think like season two is going to pick up from a lot of stories ah. so you will see more um, it's just going to be doled out over you know next year or two, but like yeah, it's 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 worth a watch. It's definitely it's not up there with like one division or anything, but it's it's worth a watch. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if any of it is like you know, will they get metrics on kind of the most viewed episodes and maybe think about developing those into their own series? Oh yeah, like if one of those episodes in particular did incredibly well, you better believe. Yeah, there's going to be yeah, like yeah. you know the Peggy Carter animated series or whatever you know something. Like I'd that. say that's the strongest contender i'd say peggy carter's alternate thing like they're talking about multiverse stuff now where like anything's bloody possible now so like yeah they could totally hire her to be in one of these multiverse movies to show up for half an hour and kick some ass and go again you know like that could totally happen yeah yeah it sounds sounds interesting i'll i might give it a watch it sounds like something i could watch when i'm like you know, having a sandwich on my on my lunch at home here or something. <laughs> Just flick it on, kind of background noise, you know. Yes, yes. I've been eating my dinner with it. It it, it plays. It plays. Um, Aaron, have you been watching anything this week? I have. I started a new show for the first time in a while. I started Ooh. watching Ozark. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's a great show. I finished season one there two days ago. I'm only starting season two. Halfway through season two episode because I, I know we're in the age of binge watching it's not much for me, uh, mostly because my ADHD riddled brain just forgets to watch TV until I'm lying in bed and going, well, let's forget to sleep and just distract ourselves with something else instead. So I've been sure. just watching that in bed. Um, honestly, can say first time in a long while I've seen a character in a TV show that's genuinely intelligent, like genuinely smart, and things just aren't working out well. Someone that can read a situation well the dialogue's incredible shots are unbelievable i love ozark yeah. and apparently it only gets better so i'm very much looking forward to it yeah the cinematography and the the backdrop of that yeah. area the ozarks in general is just phenomenal and um were you talking about jason bateman when you meant like oh the sorry yeah, character? yeah 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 forgot that like I just never said that out loud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jason Bateman's character. Um, like, even from just the get-go, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, well, I won't spoil much, but there is a scene where he comes into a confrontation over a bunch of money, and the way that that scene, the the threat and the actual the breakdown of the situation that keeps getting thrown back and forth as he says well you actually can't do that because then this happens and at no point does it come across forced or does it come across even like it's written there's just it just seems like a genuinely intelligent chap just in that situation um just breaking it down knowing what to do i don't know i'm very much i'm very happy because a lot of times i find especially when it comes to like shows about cartels and drugs um 
it it tends to just devolve into like well i'm in the cartel and i'm evil and things just go my way because that's convenient for the show things actually happen in ozark and i'm very happy watching it yeah your soliloquies are on point tonight aaron i have to say (laughs) um yeah no it's it's a great show it's a great show and we can wax poetic about ozark all night long and trust me i want to but i do know we are running on so i will move around the table because i know i know bo is ecstatic to share an update with us uh but before we do that kerry have you been watching anything of note this week um i have recently started watching something that i think most people watched years ago um oh. but i have just gotten into breaking bad oh well really yeah. wow <laughs> um and and i'm so jealous this is actually to do with ozark but people hyped ozark up to me so much i watched the first season didn't like it at all um oh god so everyone was recommending breaking bad and i just thought no i'm not gonna watch this it's overhyped and within halfway through the episode i was absolutely hooked and I, <laughs> yeah that's a really strong first yeah, episode as well i am <laughs> thoroughly enjoying watching that and actually everybody is saying to me god i wish i was watching that for the first time so i'm excited to to see the rest of it now yeah that is such a good show like that that really is up there with sopranos mm-hmm. and you know the, the top shows for me for sure it hasn't been diminished um i will give you one tip though and feel free to ignore it when you get to the end of this series i think i think it's okay to walk away from breaking bad at that point um i don't know how much that netflix movie that came out okay. really adds <laughs> okay to it, it with aaron paul doing mm-hmm. his thing after the fact i don't know maybe maybe everybody else here thinks it was worthwhile but personally i went i watched it and went i was happier not knowing mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, yeah, yeah wait, I'm assuming you mean El, El Camino. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't upset about it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't go, ah, now I, you know, it wasn't like, oh. Yeah. I, ah, closure. Thank, thank God <laughs> that happened. But uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't like, oh, take it away, scrap it, get rid of it. Um, yeah, it was, um, how do you just describe it it was just yeah i'm happy it happened it was fine i'm happy it happened but maybe maybe leaving it up to the possibility of your mind might have been a better option but you know that doesn't happen when you can make netflix money so no um. <laughs> no it does not um but with that being said speaking of making them benjamins i know that shane has been watching a show that has been making benjamins for many years and i know it has been getting him very very excited i can see it he's palpable he's jumping up and down people are looking yeah. at him on youtube know that i'm like hey look i don't i don't like to jump up i don't like to make too much commotion in case it affects the sound quality for our beautiful listeners ears thank you don't spook aaron just don't spook aaron whatever you do i'm watching so yeah it is time for shane's master chef australia update because it's been a while Yeah, another thing for Aaron to make. I know, I'm mess. I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, and you as well. They're video related. <laughs> oh, damn, damn, I'm making work for myself. No, ignore that. I can scrap that. That didn't, that never happened. <laughs> never happened. Move on. Uh, yeah, so we're into like you know, Master Chef starts out with like twenty six contestants or something at the start of the season. So we're into like, you know, the final 12. Now we're into like squeaky bum time. The best of the best are left. You know, people are being sent home because like, you know, their dish is not like 
10 out of 10. It's like 9 out of 10. It's like, that's not good enough. Get out of here. You're gone. So this is where it sure. gets really intense because, you know, people are like cooking their heart and soul out. And like I said, they're putting up a dish that's a 9 out of 10. And it's like, no, get out of here. You're useless. You're the worst chef in existence. <laughs> yeah. Be gone because you got to have that reality TV drama. But I am I am sure. loving it right now. Final, the final, like, you know, final 10, final 12, whatever it's in at the moment is like, that's where the show really lights up. You know, it really, it really gets going. And I am loving it. Gotcha. Gotcha. You do be fond of some TV cooking. I do. I really do. I do love it. You do love it. And I'm I'm getting there with you. I'm getting there with you. I'm not, I don't know if I'd like MasterChef. I think MasterChef is too intense for me. As I said before, I like Bake Off and stuff where it's like, I just want to get to love the old woman who's <laughs> the contestant or whatever. I don't care like if they're, I'll, you know, Michelin star level. I tell you now, MasterChef Australia is the one I'm watching specifically. And that is not too bad. The American MasterChef is Gordon Ramsay screaming at you, calling you a donkey, going like, you know, you have 10 seconds left. Where's your 30 steaks that you're supposed to be cooking? That's that's the American yeah. that's the American one. Australian one has a little bit of like pressure with the clock and, you know, they have to do it in a certain time. But it's not as harsh or as like, you know, screamy, panic. Oh, my God, everything yeah, needs to be yeah, done. Yeah. And the character, the people who are on it are a little more endearing because they're not like crazy American people who, you know, have some crazy mad backstory for why they're on MasterChef. Yeah, yeah. The only time I like Gordon Ramsay is on that show where he goes to their restaurants and like almost punches them for like, kitchen you know, having dirty yeah. kitchens. Kitchen yeah. 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 Love it. Yeah. Love kitchen. I love it. That's pretty good stuff. But before we go down the Ramsay cast road, uh, how about we take a break? We remind people about our socials, play a very quick ad, and then we're going to come back into what I said was the meat and potatoes of this very podcast where we're going to break down the September 2021 Sony State of Play. I think it's going to be a good one and you're going to have to stick around to find out. So before any further ado, play that thing. Can you feel it? 50 years of magic are about to transform the entire Walt Disney World Resort into the world's most magical celebration. Explore amazing lands filled with favorite attractions. Have big fun being small in the new Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And feel the unifying magic of Disney music in the new nighttime spectacular, Harmonious. It all starts October 1st. Discover more at DisneyWorld.com slash 50. Hey there. If you want to keep up with all things casual game content, you can do so in a number of ways. The easiest way to do so is to follow us on all of our socials at Casual Game Co. Not content because you only get 15 characters, but hey, what can you do? At Casual Game Co. That's at C-A-S-U-A-L-G-A-M-E-C-O. Can't be any simpler than that on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. And when you're at Facebook, look for the group, the Casual Game Community. It's a good bunch. We're going to love you. Come on by. If you could do us a massive favor, like the podcast, review the podcast, and just tell a friend about the podcast. It goes a long way. And you can find all of our content on podcast forms wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Casual Gamecast. Thanks again for all of your help and all of your support. It means the absolute world to us. Now, back to the show. And now, folks, we are back. So, as I promised, we are going to get into what happened this week at the Sony State of Play. And quite a bit, actually. Um, As I suspected, this was not going to be the 
showcase where they turn around and say, oh, you thought we had nothing coming out this Christmas. Well, you were wrong. This is dropping next week and this is dropping next month. And this, that didn't happen. That did not happen at all. However, we got some pretty exciting, I would say, for the industry uh, news and tidbits of stuff that we are going to be playing for years to come. Um, and honestly, I'm okay with that. I, I, it was, it was entertaining. There was, there was a moment of clarity when I was watching this presentation where I kind of, I've been on Team Xbox for the last year. It's not been a big secret, but I have been playing my PlayStation Five more since I've got it. And when I watched this state of play, I did find myself thinking, "This is why I really like Sony. These titles, like they're showing me, they they look like fun. Like you know, they they're taking my breath away in some in some cases." So. You know, the boy's done good. But let's jump into what we saw. Um, I'm not going to go through everything. Let's just hit the games, okay? Let's let's just do the important stuff here. Let's do the Lord's work and talk about the games. Um, so, with that being said, first thing that was shown, unless I'm mistaken, was a teaser for Knights of the Old Republic Remaster. Yep. Yep, you are correct, sir. And a PlayStation... Well, not... Not PlayStation, console exclusive to PlayStation. Yeah, it said specifically at the end of the trailer, developed for PlayStation 5, which is interesting because that was an Xbox game. Yes, it was an Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's coming to PC as well, of course. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's being made as an Xbox or PlayStation exclusive this time around for the remake. How they swung that, I I, I don't know. But Money, I imagine. Well, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> that... That and, I, and the fact that I imagined that the ink probably wasn't even dry by the time that trailer came out. Yeah, true, true. It's very <laughs> last minute. Like, there was rumours floating around of ages for a for a, an, an Old Republic remake. We reported on it on this show, actually. And yeah, yeah. now we have 100% confirmation. But the fact that it's PlayStation exclusive, I found to be mad. Yeah, yeah. They knew the value of that IP, you know? Yeah. Um, that is that. Unless anybody else's thoughts on newer... Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, moving on. Um, so we then had uh, Jim Ryan, I believe, talking to us uh, about all of the new tasty exclusives we're going to see. But what was the next game we saw? Oh, yes. The one, you know that game, Not Bayonetta? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Devil, Devil May Bayonetta <laughs> Cry thing. Oh, Devil May Bayonetta fin- Cry Final e Fantasy Seven Remake Reskinned. Yeah. You kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's um the the Project token D. Japanese um kind of abusively uh, over sexualized character action game. Mm. Um which is I believe I'm struggling to think of the name, Project Eve. Project, Project Eve. Eve. Yeah. Um this for anybody that didn't watch it is Think Bayonetta, but somehow more sexualized? Um, whereas Bayonetta has the charm to pull it off, this very much did not. Um, but it does look like it's graphically quite impressive. Yeah, it looks graphically impressive, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll play it, but I am crying out for some mm-hmm. hack and slash, like you know, in the vein of Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, that kind of thing. I'm crying out for something in that area, but sure. this is kind of offensively anime to me, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just bit, not yeah. about that at all. Yeah, I I, yeah. I won't mind it. I mean, as for now, I don't have a PS5. If I did have one, this game needs to do something different. I saw nothing new yeah. in the trailer. Like even the designs, I was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Like 
two console generations yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. So it, if it does something new and interesting, like you can feel the weight of your sword and the controller or whatever it wants to do, then maybe it, maybe it'd be worth mm-hmm. a purchase. But yeah, <laughs> very specific wants and needs. Yeah. We love you for them. Um, Kerry, what did you think when you saw this one? I'm always interested, like, obviously, you know, a straight white male. I'm just the most overrepresented demographic on the planet. So I'm always wondering, like, what other demographics feel like. As a like a lady, how did you feel when you watched this trailer? Did, does this type of stuff bother you at all? Not, not really. I mean... Mm. I think it's just to be expected, like things like Genshin Impact and all of that, they're just, it's just become the norm. So it doesn't really surprise me. It doesn't offend me in any way. I think if you get offended by that kind of game, like you bought it, so you knew what you were getting. Sure, but, sure. But um, it's... It doesn't excite me as a game. It looks pretty and it looks like it could be fun, but will I be rushing to buy it? No. Um, but yeah, I think I think anything anime, you just have to expect that that's what you're going to get. This is true. <laughs> yeah, this is true. You know, and it's not like, I, I guess I'm probably making too much out of it, but I'll leave it on this, is that like, it's not so much the design of the character and mm. it's not so much what she's wearing or anything like that. Because honestly, the character design is strong and it's not like she's naked or anything, you know. Mm. So, you know, I'm not dying on that hill. It's yeah. just it's just the anime-ness of it all where it's just egregious, like, camera angles that are, like, yeah. 50% ass. And, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like... Oh, there was like there was a real, like, slow, prolonged vagina shot there, like, at one point. <laughs> and I was kind of like... Not necessary at all. Yeah. Also, <laughs> hot take. I think if like hot take, hot is take. It? I think if there is like an incoming invasion of like demons from the underworld, I don't think your armor needs to be spray painted on your body. Sorry, no. but uh, well, you got to be flexible. Yeah. Um, you also <laughs> How do you expect me to fight the Passover demon without my that, sprayed on costume? Is that suit made of flubber? Because that's about the only way I can imagine there's any sort of protection maybe maybe call maybe. robin Ma- oh wait um, <laughs> but next moving game on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um we got a look at tiny tina's wonderland that's the borderlands D D spin-off for all the world shane mm-hmm. that do anything for you yeah it looks stupid dumb borderlands fun which i enjoy i liked the D. i liked tiny tina's assault and dragon keep dlc i thought it was fun some people don't like tiny tina i do she entertains me. Okay. Um. So I'm happy to. I'll spin it up with a friend or something like that. We'll do a bit of co-op. We'll have a bit of. We'll have a bit of crack. Sorry. It'll be stupid. It'll be dumb. There'll be like you know explosions and a bajillion guns, and I'll be happy out. Sounds good. Did um, I kind of felt like the most fun thing about that trailer was baby metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the yeah. song that's playing yeah. that that weird Japanese metal band? Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, I love I love baby metal, but yeah, no, you're dead right. Um. <laughs> Because I was watching it and I was kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Was, do you know when like, I was just, I felt like I was experiencing something that didn't exist. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like every 30 seconds. Um, Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was a strange one for me. I, I'm not, never got too into Borderlands or into um 
or into that whole series. Yeah, it's it's not something for me. I was watching it and I was just kind of confused, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Like what what, what kind of let me down a little bit was the the inclusion of guns. I was kind of thinking this was going to be like Borderlands, but not with guns. You know, I mm. thought there's going to be like a magic one. I mean, there is magic, it seems, in it. But even at one point in the trailer, I think it says like, and why is there guns in this game? You may be asking, well, that's a good question. Oh, there, keep shooting or whatever. And it like points, you know, yeah. fun at the fact that it's still It wasn't even, it was, it was Tina herself. She's like, you may be asking yeah. why there is guns in this game. She just goes, shut up, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you're a Borderlands fan, I'm sure that's that's what you want. But like, I, I wanted this to be something different and it looks like it's going to be much the same. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 very true. I can understand that from someone who's kind of on the edges of Borderlands. But for mm-hmm. me, who plays, I play it every Borderlands. I play it usually with the same friend. We look forward to playing them together. So I'm happy. I'm happy it's another gajillion yeah. guns for me to play around with and have a bit of crack. Kerry, Borderlands, that on your radar? That seems like something that maybe you'd pick up considering Destiny and that, you know? I'm sorry to disappoint you, but it's not on my radar at all. <laughs> I'm so um, disappointed. I know, I know. I am also disappointed in myself, but no, <laughs> um, not as of yet. It's probably in my backlog somewhere, but have I got around to it yet? No. No. It is a really fun co-op game. Yeah. Um, like what Shane was saying there. Uh, I love the first one in particular. Haven't really been around since, but... That's not what this part of the show is about, ladies and gentlemen. What this show is about is State of Place. And we also got another look at that weird tech demo thing that came out for Unreal Engine 5, I believe, where we've seen this crazy lady like jumping, doing flips and flying around in like a, a desert canyon. That then later got shown as being a game called Forspoken. And we got another look at it here. At first, I thought it was um, Life is Strange or something. Like, it opens yeah. up with this girl on a bus or something, and, you know, she gets beaten up by her friends, and she's talking to her cat. I'm like, okay, when's the psychic power going to yeah. show itself here? And then all of a sudden, she's doing backflips in a desert. I'm like, oh, it's this game. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it a long while ago. I could be completely wrong. I'm just trying to check it up now. I remember... No, I am wrong. Right. There's a very similar game, looks identical, and was made by one one person. And I remember just seeing that be shared around. They're like, oh, one person made this game. It's not this game. So ignore me. Shane, okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of it. I thought it looked like, much like mm. you, I thought it was another Life is Strange style game where it's very story driven and character driven and stuff. And then, like, this girl gets sucked into some portal that brings her to this fantasy land. And all of a sudden, she's like jumping off cliffs and shooting like fire out of her hands. And there's a talking bracelet. And I'm like, yeah. I'm sold. It looks super, you know, yep. pretty and stylistic and the combat looks fluid and fun and so does the exploration. So, I'm, yeah, I'm in. If if yeah. if that game and its movement and its combat is as fluid as it seems, that seems like a game I genuinely could play for months on end. Nothing gets me like fluid movement in a game. <laughs> you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Um, Kerry, what about you? Do anything for you? Yeah, I definitely think that I will buy it. It looked like a lot of fun. Same as yourself and Shane. I thought it was some kind of Life is Strange type mm. and I thought it was going to take a really dark turn. Um, And then watching the movement, I just thought, yeah, I'm I'm going to be purchasing this game in the near future. <laughs> Traversal does a lot for me as well in the game. You know, like if it looks fun to move around, that is important to me. You know, mm. I think Spider-Man, that game, that taught me that like, 
I can do pretty much anything in a game as long as getting from A to B is fun. Yeah, you know? that's, that's what I say. Like fluid mobility in a game just locks me into it. It's just so. I mean, like the first games I ever played was like the Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, and like that was my introduce my introduction to realistically console gaming as a whole. And just ever since, I've been like, I need movement to be as fluid as like that is my benchmark for like fluidity and movement in a game. If this beats it okay i'm not playing anything for a while after i buy this <laughs> fair enough that is fair mm-hmm. um but not to dwell too much on that game we did get another look and i'm pretty sure we saw most of it before uh of rainbow six extraction is this new rainbow six game on anybody's radar nope never played no. it no i don't think me either it's it it seems as if they're really missing the point with what people want to do with that franchise. You know, Rainbow Six Siege is huge for good reason. And this is their follow-up? I don't get it. Um, But moving on. So from there, we did get a look at the Alan Wake remaster. I am one of those people that's played like every game on the planet. And I've never even tried Alan Wake. I don't know why it's just not been on my radar ever. Uh, anybody here excited for Alan Wake remaster? Uh, yeah, I liked Alan Wake a lot, and I think I'm ready to jump back in. I think it's been far enough now, because I did play it way back on the 360, like around its release, which is probably like, what, 10, 11 years ago now, maybe more. So It's a while. Yeah, so I think I'm ready to jump back in and give have a bit of fun. And I think because it's a little bit of a spooky as well, uh, my partner will enjoy like being with me when I play it, you know, watching it and getting involved and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah yeah it is a little bit of a spooky does that interest you now Kerry? yeah i was watching it and i thought oh my goodness what is this game and then the name came up <laughs> and i thought oh i recognize that i've never played um it previously but after watching that it looks like it's right up my street so i'm mean, looking forward to that oh there we go we'll have to follow up with you once that comes up so um not to leave all of the remasters behind this because we still have another one uh gta we got a release date for gta remastered was supposed to be coming out november i believe is now coming out in march 22nd on ps5 and assumedly xbox um they showed that trailer and that trailer was very much like look at our new graphics and new experiences you can have in this game it looks the exact same as the ps4 version and it looks worse there are there are graphical glitches in that trailer. There's one point really? where I believe Lester is sitting in a chair and the chair moves, but there's like a double of the chair that doesn't move. Like it, <laughs> it glitches out and there is something else. I remember watching, um, uh, there's a, there's a speedrunner I watched that like speedruns GTA. And mm-hmm. so like, obviously he was mad into it and he's, he's even given out, stink about it because he was saying like if you look at the trailer as well it's just it it's like oh uh improved graphics uh explosive gameplay and what else did they say i think they just said and more and like it was nothing it was buzzwords it was just yeah. complete buzzwords and i it was completely unnecessary i thought like you know mm-hmm. i if they had shown me something though like i played that game when it first came out and i loved it and then I played it a second time when it came out on PS4 for first person mode. And I went, yeah, okay, that's enough to get me to play it again. When I watched that trailer, I really, really expected me to go, oh, Grand Theft Auto, what are you going to do to make me want to play that again? No interest. Yeah. No, no interest. Um, but we won't give it any more playtime. So moving swiftly on, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. We got another look at that. That game looks sick. Yes. Yes, it does. It looks really cool. Don't really know what's going on or what it's all about. 
but it, no. that also kind of sells me on it because if I can watch like f- three trailers for a game and not know what's going on or not get a gist of what you even really do gameplay wise apart from shoot things out of your hands or whatever I'm like yeah I'll definitely give that a go just to see what the hell it is very yeah, look. yeah very Kojima I was gonna say if that's what they're attending or not but definitely has that air of like you know, kind of. you're gonna pick it up and still not know what you're playing but um, <laughs> yeah. you'll find find a million reasons why you might love it. Hopefully, hopefully, if it's good. Even when you beat it, you have no idea what you played. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it looks it looks pretty cool. the The art style is pretty grabbing. I I was kind of looking at some of the enemies as well, and who owns the rights for Slenderman? Because I think they are looking at this kind of going, "Wow, they're really robbing my property here." <laughs> Once I when I was watching that, I thought, "Oh, this is this is a Slenderman." game mm. and then i realized oh no it's not <laughs> yeah i don't know like somebody has to be pulling their hair out going i deserve money for this surely I'm pretty, uh, or maybe maybe just tall white guys in suits i'm pretty common. sure slender man is one of those like folk horror yeah, tales like that nobody Bigfoot. that nobody yeah. owns yeah. it's like Mopman prophecies or some crap nobody yeah. actually owns it there is games of slender man don't get me wrong that is interesting but nobody is nobody owns slender man it is one of those folk tales yeah you know it's a it was a creepy pasta, wasn't it? Isn't yeah, it's that? something to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah some, it's one of yeah. something like that. Wow! So I could make a Slenderman. Yes. Mm. Wow! I might go after the show and make a Slenderman. Okay, <laughs> just one. <laughs> Only make one. Don't don't be thinking about making two Slendermen. Ooh, Only one. I, I don't know. I don't know, Aaron. I don't know. It's no. like having kids. You don't want to just have one. They'll get lonely. <laughs> um... <laughs> But with that, uh, the new mascot behind the red panda of the CGC is now, of course, the Slenderman. <laughs> um, now, next game we saw was one I'm excited for, and I'm not sure why. I think I just like the property enough, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, they didn't give us like 40 minutes of gameplay or... I guess a 40 minute vertical slice is kind of what we got at E3 and it, it was kind of arduous to sit through. This was just like a spelt trailer, you know, and this is how they should have showed it to us in the first place. And it looked pretty entertaining. I I liked what I saw. So, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. sorry, Shane, you you're all right there. You, <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll give a better opinion. Please, than I please. Will. Please, fight. Fight. It's one of those moments where like everyone paused to wait for someone else to speak, so then we all spoke at once. <laughs> um so it looks like it's capturing like the the Guardians of the Galaxy feel from the movies and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, but, it's very James Gunn. Yeah, from what I see, like do you only play a Star Lord? I believe so. I I can't confirm that, but it seems as if it's like you are Star Lord, and then you have the other guys as like AI companions who you can control. You know, like do this attack, do that. Mm, I imagine yeah. so because I think at the last, the last event that this was showcased, at, I remember one of the directors saying that the whole goal of the game was you are Star Lord and you're commanding the team. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming that would make sense. Yeah, that you do play him. Yeah, you see, yeah. then see that makes it fall down in my eyes because then it just turns into a third person shooter with some like you know go here mechanics you know which games have done before if i could switch between them at will and you have like you know because obviously gamora is going to be like a lot of hand-to-hand combat so like you know if you're sick of the third person flying around shooting switch to gamora punch a few guys in the face switch back to star lord switch to drax uppercut a dude's face off or whatever you know 
that sounds way more fun to me than just being Star-Lord running around with two pistols. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think, though, like, the big attraction for me is just the interactions between the team. So I don't even really mind that much. Like, if I can get all of those abilities through other means, I don't really mind. But I, I do agree with you. It would be better if you could just, you know. But the problem is, like, Square Enix, like, we've seen it with Avengers. They're not very good at making these games with many protagonists for you to play you know if this means that they can make a concentrated game and wrap the marvel property around that then i'm all for that because that that marvel's avengers game has too many controllable characters and they're all woeful yeah yeah i'm hoping because it's a different studio like it was crystal dynamics did avengers sure. is, like i sure. i will probably play this but it for me it is a not day one game you know it's mm-hmm. borrow from a friend or wait till there's like a, a sale or something <laughs> well you're not going to be starving for marvel content let's put it that way because we've got more to get oh, yeah. to so let's roll on ladies and gentlemen um blood hunt for ps5 is common baby and that is the almost like left for daddy type stuff or maybe that's a bad way of putting it it's like a 4v4 um shooter for lack of a Team better word Team that match mm. yeah but it's set very much in the uh, Vampires the Masquerade universe, and I think it's bizarre that we have not gotten a new Vampire the Masquerade in decades, it feels like. But yet, here we go, we're getting a shooter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a class-based yeah. multiplayer team yeah. death match. Thing. It's an Overwatch with vampires, Basically, kind of what yeah, it is. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. And look at the different classes look interesting, and the fact that, like, you know... One class is like a Nosferatu, which is a real like demony looking vampire and all like, you know, fucked up looking. What'd you call me? <laughs> and then like <laughs> other there's like, you know, a kind of a modern day futuristic techie looking vampire from like, you know, I don't know, more like the Matrix or some crap. Um yeah, that yeah. looked kinda interesting, but then when I kind of figured out after the first thirty seconds to a minute, I was like, Oh, this is like a multiplayer shootery type thing. I was just I bounced out. I was like, No thanks. Yeah, like that's the like I don't know if any of you have any background with Vampires the Masquerade, and if not, I still encourage people to go back to it. It's a great game. Um, but like the the, the whole appeal to that is that it's like an RPG, like The Witcher or something. But like you pick a vampire class, and it's like you pick like a Nosferatu, and that means you can't be seen by people, or else they'll freak mm-hmm. out. Um, and then you can pick like ones that are more human, like but have these different abilities, and it changes the whole game around you, and it's very intelligent in that way. So they're taking that strength and applying it to like a dumb cover shooter, and like it's just oh, I don't know. As some as somebody who might be disconnected from the game, the original, then maybe this is appealing, but to me, it's such a letdown. Mm, definitely. Um, <laughs> after setting that comment up for a fall Kerry did this do anything for you did the spooky vampires um, you know fitting into that kind of shooter world that you're probably more familiar with than I am do anything for you yeah it it interested me I'm not sure if I will rush out and buy it but I think I will try it mm-hmm. I think it will be one of those that I play for a wee while and then once I put it down I never go back to but yeah. yeah, it's been, I don't know that I've ever really played any vampire games. So that aspect of it really excited me. And again, picking the different class was, um, was interesting. So I will pick it up at some point, but if, if that was, um, a PS5 exclusive or whatever, it wouldn't, it mm. wouldn't push me to get a PS5. That's a good point because to me, that game 
smells of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. that that's a game that I think would do really well on Game Pass, but mm-hmm. probably won't do great if it's a PS5 exclusive. I don't know if it is. Like it probably is. I don't think but... so. I think no. I think with this showcase they specifically kind of saved a lot of the exclusives for the back half of the showcase. You're right, they you did. You know, apart yeah. apart from well, even I suppose um the Knights of the Old Republic is not it's only console exclusive. It's not a gaming, you know, yeah. it's PC as well. But yeah, I think because this is a free to play battle royale vampire game. So I assume it, Is it free to play? I assume, I, well, according to the article I'm looking at, um I was having issues loading the one you put in the dock, so I'm looking at a different one okay. and it says uh free to play battle royale vampire masquerade blood hunt. Well, that, wow, cha- that will... changes my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that changes my opinion completely yeah. as well. I'll, I'll totally try this for free. Yeah, yeah. for free. Yeah, I'll actually, yeah. I'll actually give it a go for free as well. It's already an early access. Well, it's, it's already an early access on PC, so you could probably try it now if you wanted. I hate early access, especially for online games. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But maybe this will be coming to a YouTube channel near you, folks. There's enough <laughs> people here to justify it. Um. Cool. So with that, moving swiftly on, because I do want to get to the exclusives here. Um, Deathloop, we got more look at that. Looking forward to it. We've seen enough of it. Just let us play it. Um, moving on once more. A Radiohead kid. Oh, sorry. This is the... Well, for anybody who doesn't know what I was saying there, Radiohead kid, that was literally what was on the dock. Uh, a very quick look at a kind of an indie game, Kid uh, Manisha Exhibition. What was this about again? It's some kind of weird like crossover between gaming and the band Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's some not the biggest Radiohead fan, if I'm honest. Yeah, so it's not going to do much for it's me. It's something like I don't know. Radiohead are doing something. This is probably going to coincide with the release of a Radiohead album or something like this, and it's going to be like an experience. Listen to the album through a game or some you know the usual artsy stuff that artsy people I, like to do. Yeah, I'm assuming it's when it says like virtual exhibit. So I'd say Shane, you're dead right. It'll be like you just walk through, and then it'll play like certain audio cues into your headphones, and when the camera is in a certain position you get a certain combination of frequencies that sounds like a song or what you know. sure, I, sure, it's, sure. it's not going to be a game as much as it's going to be just one of those weird things you download and go okay that took up too much space <laughs> yeah and you never look at it yeah. again um Tichia is another one that looks more interesting every time i see it this is that one that looks kind of like cartoonish but you're a little girl on an island who can take over any living being it seems yeah yeah it looks like a bit of fun um, it looks looks like a fun one for yeah. the kids as well you know because kids play games mm. it's not just all us adults who they do it's not all, <laughs> it's not all us adults who sit here making podcasts talking about things yeah. kids play games too so it's nice that there's something in there for the kiddies yeah and it's not it's nice that you're here with us change you know keep us in touch with the younger demographic yes. i am definitely <laughs> the one to keep you in touch with the youth um yeah i was gonna say i saw the ad for this and while i didn't see much of it in the ad i hope the one thing this game it's the first time i've ever really thought about especially off of game trader if they nail the lighting in this i feel like it could be one of the best looking games to be released this year honestly like just that that art style and if they get the lighting right because there was one shot i saw in the trailer when they were sailing out towards the sunset and i was like Mm. give us a bit more oranges up your blues and mwah, package that and send it off to me. That is lovely. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the art style is a bit like, it's hard to know whether I like it or not. It, it's it's like, it's somewhere between like Claymation and mm. Pixar. And 
I do like what it's doing, and I agree with you with the right lighting that will really sing. But every time I see it, I do like it more, so that's a good sign. Um, Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy are getting remasters, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. They look perfectly fine on the PS5 right now, so I don't really yeah. care. Um, the rest of our exclusives now. Here we go. Here's the big ones. So Marvel. Let's just talk everything Marvel up front here. Um, we got a very quick look at what is revealed to be an upcoming project from Insomniac, the developers behind, obviously, Spider-Man, uh, but other open worlds such as, um, oh, crap, what's it called again? Infamous. Yes. Infamous. Thank you. Mm. Uh, thank you, Phil. Uh, <laughs> but we got a look at what's going to be their next superhero property, it seems, Wolverine. Yep. And mm. I, I actually put down my glass. I went... Okay, I'm not the biggest Marvel nerd. I know I seem like I am. I'm always talking about them on the show. But I don't really care that much about comics and all that type of stuff. But when I seen this, I went, Insomniac? Wolverine? Yeah. That will be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I cared about the Insomniac part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that was some other developer, I wouldn't care. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God, the Spider-Man people are making another superhero game. And it's freaking Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Because uh, what a Wolverine game really needs is nice fluid combat, and they've already shown they they do that very well. I mean, as you yeah. said, like you you couldn't hand it off to a better 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 group of dudes. You couldn't hand it off to to anyone better. Yeah, like a, an understanding of the character, um, an understanding of open world games in general, and just a pedigree behind that team at the moment. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, uh, Kerry, I've never actually asked like are you a marvely type superhero type person i know that's like a really it's like a it's a weird place we are culturally at the moment where like i think at first that was like such a nerdy thing that only the nerdiest of nerds would be and then at one point it became water cooler acceptable and now we're kind of at the other end of it where we've had too much of it and we're kind of like getting full circle back around again um where are you on this kind of culture of things uh i i love marvel um absolutely uh my dad used to have comics and stuff and i'd read them all and it was great and i'm excited about wolverine i really love the movies so hopefully mm. the game will be brilliant um but yeah i i love marvel love all the movies are you a hugh jackman stan i d- i really like hugh jackman yeah um i haven't seen logan um oh that's so good i know um, <laughs> that is so good i've seen the rest of them i just haven't seen logan because i was told it's so different from all the other ones um that i haven't gone to watch it but i i love hugh jackman so he can't yeah. do anything wrong in my eyes if you love hugh jackman and if you love marvel comics from when you were a kid and stuff i think i think logan you could end up liking that a lot more than the other X-Men films. I would argue it's much better than the OG X-Men films. Mm. But um, but that's obviously, a, a, a that'll, that'll be a personal preference. Thing, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, don't sleep on that one. That That's a good one for sure. Uh, Patrick Stewart in that film is amazing as well. Um, But yeah, we did see Wolverine. But also, we got a teaser that I wasn't expecting, um, which was, because it was so close on the heels of the last game. Mm-hmm. is we got the next Spider-Man in our sights. Um, it's going to be Spider-Man 2. It looks like it's going to do exactly what we wanted and give us both of the Spider-Men. Um, but also, like, they're they're throwing everything at this one, it seems. Like, Venom 
is mm-hmm. going to be the the big bad or whatever in this one. Um, I thought that was pretty bold. Like mm. second game in the series, I know Miles Morales, but that was like a DLC. Like you know, this is like the second that has a number two in the title, and they're going straight to Venom. You know, um, I'm excited though. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm. I'll be honest with you. I I'm not I'm not thinking about it because what it did also reveal was the release date is 2023 and to me that's the same yeah. as not announcing a game at all. Um, yeah. So I I suppose that that's a big contributor as to why we got it so quickly. Yeah, right. That Venom reveal at the end was very nice, but um, yeah, I I'm I'm taking a lot of this with a grain of salt. I, it's very hard for me to go. Oh yes, I get to be excited till 2023, but um. Uh, yeah hopefully i mean again it's insomniac as well isn't it yeah yeah uh, it is yeah it is so uh, yeah. i mean yeah I'd... but like I, I i agree with you i think that like if something's that far out you know we should really hold our judgment until it's actually coming mm. out you know because nothing exists until it exists you yeah. know yeah. um but having said that this team if their track record for the last couple of years can be believed like last year alone like they did Spider Man two years ago, three years ago, whatever it is now, but then they went directly into the studio and cranked out Miles Morales at the same time as doing Ratchet and Clank, both on a brand new platform, um, and released them like months apart. Do you know, like I think this team are going to be like I say they started development on that the minute Miles Morales shipped. I I would not be surprised if that's like pretty far along. Uh, even at this point for where it is. But I think the fact that it's out in 2023 and possibly further, we'll probably get pushed at some point, is a good thing because I want to know where their head's at for this particular one because I'm interested. Like, honestly, like, yeah, okay, they're doing Venom. That's interesting. Okay, and I do know that there's two Spider-Men in it. Okay, that's cool. Now go away and never show me another thing for like the next three years or however long it takes them to, to push it out there. Take as much time as you need and just let's shut up about it now on like, thank you for letting me know. I will see you in two years time, <laughs> you know, uh, but I agree with you. I do agree with you. It is, it is too early to get too excited, but I'm a nerd. So mm. forgive me. Um, but with that, we all got, I look at our favorite games, all of our collectively, surely this is our favorite game, a series of the state of play. Gran Turismo 7, ladies and gentlemen. We got a look at Gran Turismo 7. Ooh. Aaron, are you actually excited? Uh, genuinely, yeah, kind of. Well, I'm not excited for it as much as I I actually, I love a good track racing game every so often because they're just, they're just tech demos like they are. Yeah. Plus, the one thing I loved about this, um, now I've never, never really gotten much into Gran Turismo as much as like, if I pick up a PS5, I'll definitely pick it up because... There's something, maybe it goes back to that, like fluidity of movement. It's just sitting here, watching a car in front of you just slowly glide through a track. It just gives me a bit of satisfaction. I also, mm-hmm. still at the age I am, have the, like, I don't have the ability to play a racing game and not also go along with the engine. <laughs> so that's something I'm looking turning, forward to. Turning your hands and <laughs> yeah, your shoulders. With the controller and um, even when I crash, I start going, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not buzzing for it. Um, Gran Turismo games, or even just uh, especially track or like career racing games. Uh, I guess would be a better way of putting it. Career racing games. Whenever I play them, I always feel like there's a bit of a 
maybe it's just me and my own issues, but I feel like there's a bit of a waste of time in them where like I finished playing them. I'm like, ah, the end of that game was the exact same as the start of it. I didn't gain or lose yeah, anything. Yeah. But at the same time, they're I don't know, they're fun. They're fun and they're satisfying. I do. I like I like my playing simulators. I like my driving simulators. Um yeah, I mean, I'll die. I can't say anything. I, I, I was on the show last week praising a game where you clean houses. I get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but I, I have to wonder how many people are really holding out to buy a PS5 for the sim racing. Because with the exception mm. of Gran Turismo every like seven years, what else is there on it? Surely people that are into that have a PC or whatever it is, you know, so yeah. I don't know. But um, looks cool as always. It's a tech demo probably two years too late yes. <laughs> congratulations let's... your racing games now look like they're on pc there we go <laughs> there we go we've made the full transition um but i think really the star of the show um was very much something that we all wanted to see in flight because it is coming soon is god of war ragnarok we got our first gameplay look at the sequel to the last god of war and I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have um, not shaved properly in uh, about two or three months now. And <laughs> it's um, it's getting to the point where I was kind of like, should I shave? Should I not? And I seen this trailer and I seen Kratos' kick-ass beard and I went, no, I'm not shaving <laughs> because I'm so excited for God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> you should, um, yeah, the day it releases, you should shave. Set that as a challenge. The day it releases, wow. you finally shave, yeah. No, no, because I'll want it all the more. I, was like, <laughs> I, I played in 40 hours of looking at that glorious beard swinging in the PS5 wind. Are you mad? Um, but no, this this game lit my fire, yep. I have to say. Um, really, really into it. Uh, I like the fact that some time has passed. Atreus, the son of war, <laughs> is, um, is older, it seems. Some time has gone by. And it looks like they're going to wrap up the entire Norse thing. It seems yeah. um, they're taking on pretty much everyone, including Tor, who we didn't get to see in this trailer, but we did see after the fact in imagery, um, who is kind of looking more like his uh, his burly Nordic origins than uh, than his hunky Australian uh, MCU counterpart. Um, Kerry, I'm going to go to you because I feel like we we speak too freely here. I want to make sure that we get your take on this. God of War. How are you on this? Does this do much for you? So I was mostly Xbox for a very, very long time. Um, so mm-hmm. I haven't played it. I've kind of, because of Destiny, I've moved more so towards PlayStation. And from watching that, it definitely makes me want to go and play the others. Um, yeah. But I think it would be... I can't really give much of an opinion on it because I haven't played the other one. So you've probably come to me at the wrong time, to be honest. <laughs> That's fair. Do you know what the the gameplay of um, God of War, it kind of reminds me of a bit more of an uh, involved version of, do you know when you're a hunter in Destiny mm-hmm. and you know when you do your special and you like go into third person mode and you're like slashing people and yeah, stuff? yeah. That kind of gameplay mm-hmm. is kind of what the, the newer God of War is like, only a lot more involved, there's a lot more yeah. going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the story is so good and it just looks beautiful. And it does. It this, really does. This looks like it's going to get all of those things and ratchet them up again. And I'm yeah. ready to cry again, Shane, are you? Definitely. Definitely. I am out here <laughs> living for Chonk Tour. 
I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it looks amazing. It looks like exactly... Name of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Living for Chunk Tour. It, look, it looks like exactly what you want. It's more God of War. It looks larger in scope. Um, It looks super pretty. The story has developed. Um, like, what, what more do you want? Um, For anyone who hasn't seen, like, the images of Chunk Tour, as, as he's now been dubbed, he looks almost like... A strong man, you know, like the, the strong man contest mm-hmm. you see on TV. Yes. He has yeah, more yeah. of a that kind of build instead of having like, you know, a 12 pack and like pecs out to the, the size of his and arms. Being like, Australian. Yes, that kind of thing. He <laughs> looks more like a power lifter or, a, or a, like a strong mm-hmm. man with a big, huge beard and stuff. And I am loving it because like a, a strong man could mess you up if he like punched you in the face. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And like, like this... You're right, by the way, Aaron. He wouldn't do well on home in a way. Um, <laughs> but this tour, he does live up to the kind of Nordic um, folklore or whatever. Because like tour, like the stories have had always gone that like he has a bit of a problem in the sense that like yes, he's an amazing warrior and yes, he's the god of thunder, but he also loves to battle and pillage and you know eat ferocious amounts and drink ferocious amounts so he has always been portrayed with like a stomach and stuff um it's only like in later years that he's ever had that like six pack or whatever and i yeah i'm right there with you i'm in the pocket for for chonk tour as well for sure for sure for sure any other things that we spotted in that trailer are are we all just feverishly waiting for uh to get our hands on i was just in awe of watching it the one thing i did notice was no semblance of a release date window year anything yes um that was odd i did expect to get a release window Mm -hmm. um i did say earlier we're getting it soon i could be wrong yeah yeah that's that 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 was my only apart from being absolutely mesmerized by how stunning it looked that was my other takeaway was that there was no hint of a release window time date anything yeah yeah that is unfortunate but i don't know also like just a note cory barlog is not at the helm it seems um the director from the last game he's handed it over uh he's apparently working on something unconfirmed but yeah he he they've done that in the past with other games yeah. like cory has done two or three i think he's the only person in the interview i seen afterwards they said he's the only one that ever directed more than one um, but they have always handed it around, and I guess it is pretty well established since the last one. So just don't mess it up, I guess. Um, but it, it should be interesting. So let's hope we get a release date pretty soon, pretty soon. But that has pretty much been what was covered in the state of play, guys. Did I did we skip over anything? Was there anything that we wanted to cover? Not for me anyway. We hit all the important stuff, I think. Awesome. Awesome. Well, then let's get right into the unimportant stuff. Um, But no, seriously, that has been that. So I think overall, a pretty strong state of play. Not a lot of stuff that we know when we're going to get our hands on, but a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, it's a it's kind of a win. Yeah, I'm happy. I like to have things to look forward to. You know, Mm -hmm. I know, look, it's great to have a game coming out next month or in like two or three months. But it's also nice to know that my investment in my PS5 looks like it's going to be worth it down the line as well. That was 100% what this showcase was about. It was about, we don't have anything for you this Christmas and we are sorry, but yeah. look what's coming soon, you know, and that's that's 100% the message here. 
Um, but I'm for it because I already have a PS5, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I realize how lucky I am to say that, and I do feel for anybody like Kerry that is finding it hard to get one at the moment. Any luck with that? No, sadly not. It's like. <sighs> I I follow all the Twitter pages and everything and, you know, I have the money there. I'm just waiting on it. And every time mm-hmm. I see it, it's too late because they release at like two o'clock in the morning and I'm yeah. in dreamland, unfortunately. So oh, please, please don't like stay up all night in order to try and get these things. It's not worth it. Trust me. <laughs> you say that, but my, my PlayStation is actually on the way out. So Ooh. that's why. Um, and then I also want a new Xbox because my Xbox is really old and chunky, as you can see up there. Um, oh. So, yeah, I need both new consoles and they're both ridiculously hard to get hold of. So big sad for me. OK, guys, you heard it here first. If you get any updates in the Ireland, specifically in Ireland, where or maybe up to north, where you can get a PS5 or Xbox series console, you got to let us know in the, com- in the comments down below because Kerry is on the lookout. Yeah. Um, but no, we'll, we'll all keep an eye. I had to do that, too. I had to literally just stalk Twitter. And yeah. then one day it was just like, it's there. I have the money. Go. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> Go, go, go. Uh, but with that, guys, that has been our state of play. And we are going to wrap things up. But before we do, let's do this very quickly. No more than five minutes here, folks. Okay, so get your answers ready. We're going to do our question of the week. And I really, 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 really wanted to do this question of the week for one good reason, which I'll get into in just a moment. <gasps> play that thing. Question of the week. Now, the reason I really wanted to get into this question of the week is because of who asked it. Okay, Eric Rodriguez Arod, you may be familiar with that name, uh, Shane, from our I past streams. He has been a ambassador for CGC content. He's tuned into pretty much everything we've ever done, and he has uh, contributed in our Facebooks and our socials and our Discord. He's he's a good dude all around. The reason I wanted to shout out Arod this week is number one. Over the past uh, week or two, I believe it was his birthday. So first of all, major CGC happy birthday to Arod. And secondly, a major congratulations, because I do believe Eric welcomed in his first child over the last week or two as well. So, again, huge uh, thank you for all the support to Erod and massive congratulations on both counts. And she is beautiful. We, she, he actually shared a photo in our Discord, so fair play. Um, but with all that being said, Erod asked us, if you could meet any video game character in real life, who would it be? And I think that's like one of those really general questions that honestly I would have never thought to ask. Yeah. You know, um, it, it is a, it is an odd one because you kind of I, I sat here thinking about it, going, who's the most interesting character? And then I stopped myself and went, but would I really want to meet that person? <laughs> you know, it's a funny question to answer. Uh, Aaron. Who would you pick? Uh, of any video game character I'd like to meet, um, in real life, I'd like to meet Lara Croft because... <laughs> that's <why>. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to meet Lara Croft because it gets me at least a foot closer to meeting Angelo, uh, Angelina Jolie in real life. And that's, that's my answer, stamped, sealed, and sent off in the post. Big Angelina fan? No, but uh, I'll meet her. <laughs> no, I can see her logic. Yeah, are you, are you not? Like, 
<laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Carrie, what about you? If you could meet any video game character, who would you pick? Uh, probably Sora from Kingdom Hearts, because then I might mm. get to meet all the rest of the Disney characters. And, I mean, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to meet Mickey Mouse? So, yeah. That is I true. As a long-term yes. uh, Disney fan, that would probably be right up your yeah, alley. As long as, as long as they bring all their friends, I'll be happy. We can... We can have a party and I'll meet all the characters. It'd be great. <laughs> if you had to pick one Disney character, gun to your head, who Miko. would it be? Miko. Which one's Miko oh, again? Um, he is the... <laughs> I'm sorry, I've no, met I you No, I don't down. think many people would know the name. Uh, so he's the raccoon from Pocahontas. And... Oh, I do I know just, him. He has a red bandana. I just relate to that raccoon so much. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's my choice and he's very cute it's a good choice it's a good choice um i'm, I'm sure miko doesn't get enough call outs in fairness to him until now oh yeah so it <laughs> just so happens that our um i was thinking about this today and it, it just so happens that the character i was thinking of has already popped up in our podcast um okay i would like to meet kratos for the simple reason that i would like to give him a hug and just be like it's okay you don't you don't need to be so angry like you can stop screaming now it's just it's like, just just let it out it's fine just you know it's okay Kratos I'm here for you you know uh, someone someone is here for you it's fine I, I hope you do and then like in 10 years time there's a new game but it's God of Love and he has dreadlocks like, <laughs> he's just throwing flowers at people and stuff I bring yeah. you I bring you peace yeah instead of combat you have conversations um, <laughs> Yeah, but that's it. He never forgot. He never forgot that time that he gently wept on Shane's shoulder. That's it. I just I feel like the dude just needs a hug. Like he just he seems so angry. <laughs> I think if I could meet anyone, I think I'd want to pick someone weird. I don't think I'd be happy with myself if I picked somebody that made sense. You know, I think I think I have to pick someone that's just like, oh, that's gonna be a really messed up situation. Um and I think has has anybody ever played any of the Katamari games? No. Katamari Damacy. I've, I've seen no. them, but I haven't haven't got to play them. Okay, so this is gonna go down like a lead balloon. But the your father in that game is the king of the cosmos. And he is a mad looking character who is quite literally the king of all cosmos, and he is probably the most eccentric character you've ever seen in a video game. And the stuff he comes out with is just bat shit. So I think I would like to have a coffee or something with that dude. Maybe a pint. See how he gets on. And if I have to pick one that everybody knows, I'd probably be really boring and pick like Ezio Alditore or somebody, you know, somebody that's like has like a big long story and, and has been in touch with history and, you know, knows Leonardo da Vinci and stuff like that. You know, I was like, OK, yeah, I could I could have a, a beer with this guy, you know. Excellent. Mm. and that is that and once again that one came from eric rodriguez aka erod from our facebook group is where that one came from you can get that in the casual game community over on facebook where you too can get in on question asking action and you can do that in our discord as well which is in the description below along with all the rest of our socials but with all that being said folks that is the end and thank you so much we know that we ran on a little bit this week but whenever there is one of these events you gotta do it you gotta get into it and i have to say i did it in wonderful company i have to say aaron Thank you very much for joining us this week, my friend. Thank you for having us, me and us. 
<laughs> you don't need to thank. You're a part of the furniture, my friend. Um, Shane, as always, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no buds. <laughs> Short and sweet. Bring that man to Kratos. And for the second week, and hopefully not the last, I hope we didn't scare her off this week. Kerry, thank you so much for joining us You're this very week. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me back. It's a pleasure. <laughs> hopefully we'll have you again. And that has been the end of it, guys. Thank you for joining us. If you do want to follow us, you can do so, as I said, in all the description or the socials in our description down below. And if you want to do us one little favor, please do like the podcast. Please share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. And as we always say, tell a friend about the podcast. And this week, how about you go ahead and tell somebody in your community that looks scarily like Kratos and then maybe give them a hug and maybe tell them everything's going to be okay. But maybe in order for it to be okay, you have to listen to the casual game cast. Just kind of sneak, you know. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, guys, I've been Phil, he's been Shane, she's been Kerry, and he has been Aaron. Take care, be safe, but most of all, stay casual. Bye. Bye. Before AT&T Fiber Internet. Shame! 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 What did you do, love? I ran out of internet data. And they're making your shame walk. No, it's just how I feel. Shame! Shame! In the time after AT&T Fiber Internet. Nice to have unlimited internet data, right? Right. The dawn of a better internet era with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Check eligibility at att.com slash fiber. Restrictions apply. This is the magic we've been waiting for. The Walt Disney World 50th Anniversary calls us here. The world's most magical celebration is drawing near. Starting October 1st, join us and make the magic soar. Visit DisneyWorld.com slash 50 for more. You're finally ready to reunite with loved ones. And nature is just a short drive away. So check out Verbo and find the perfect lake house, cabin, or chalet for your family reunion. Download the Verbo app. The time for getting back together is now. Whether it's your birthday or unbirthday, celebrate with a visit to Walt Disney World Resort, a land of Mickey pretzels, princesses, and hurtling down Mount Everest while a Yeti chases you. Escape to your happy place. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.